When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hey, Monday, 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 Monday. Rob Ellis, Derek Gutt, what are we doing? What's going on? You all right? I'm good. Oh, I'm good, who, man. Who, was, who used to do that? Somebody used to do it on their, on their TV show. Oh, my God. You know what? It became a fad that, like, if somebody was on a show or something, yeah. if somebody, you know, like a fan, you know, wanted you to acknowledge them, hey, if I go like this or if right. I pull my ear, uh, that means I'm saying hi to you or something. It's crazy. Like I used to get that from like friends. They'd be like, "Dude, you, you're when you're on, just just like go like this." Or, yeah. I'm like, oh, "What am I, a third base coach? I'm giving signals out." And, you know, and, and the thing is, we do it sometimes. Right, right. That's like, a good like point. idiots, like idiots, we do it. That's yeah. what we are. Well, you know. Hi, hi, Derek. How was your weekend? Rob, I had a very great, productive, and punishing weekend. Punishing. All right. Punishing. What happened? Friday we had to set up for the uh, two-year-old birthday party. Oh, right. So I have I have three canopy tents. I have two ten by tens, and I have a ten by thirty. So we had to set that up. Then we had to set up the father-in-law's uh, ten by 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 thirty tent. And then it, what my son-in-law's uh, cousin came over, and he has a big canopy, like a twenty by twenty. We had and we had them all connected. So in case of rain, we had them all connected. Hey, man, that's a lot of work, man, you know, yeah, doing that stuff. That is. They're not easy, man, getting those no. things up. And then taking had, them down. And then they, they rented 60 chairs and rented like 10 big, long rectangle tables. Those things are heavy. You had to set. But luckily, the father, my, my, my son-in-law's dad, bought this beautiful tractor, man, with the forklift, and bucket. Dude, it's, hey, hey, man, this thing is brand spanking new. He's playing with this thing like, you know, so it helped. But And then after the party Saturday, we had to tear it down. Wow. Tear it down, bag it. Now, luckily, setting up, we had like six, seven people. Tearing it down, we had like seven, eight people. It helped. Tear down is always easier than set up because these, 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 the 10 by 30 tents have all these pieces. There's like 50 different pieces that you have to go to get. We lost the instructions from last year. <laughs> we had to do it by recall. Now, luckily, we remembered it, but, but, but I have, I have two of those. My wife bought two of them. The running joke was, I thought one of them was my father-in-law, uh, my son-in-law's dad. I'm like, why would you put his tent in my bag? He goes, 
your wife bought two of these. So I technically I have four tents. I have two 10 by 10s and two 10 by 30s. Okay. I swore one of the 10 by 30s was theirs, okay. but it was mine. Yeah. So okay. I did it was, but the food was great, dude. They had 70 something people. They had trays of chick uh Chick fil A oh. uh, tenders. Um that's always a hit with the kids, man. Oh, they love the Chick-fil-A. Oof. We had a water inflatable that my wife bought. We had a big water inflatable with a slide for the yep. kids. You know, they have an in-ground pool. Yeah. Uh, they have they have almost four acres of property, so everybody's everywhere. Yeah. You know, they built this incredible pole barn that's th- 60 feet long by 30 feet wide that has four bays on it. Oh my so, gosh. Dude, that dude, let me tell you, it's like going to a, a farm, you that know. Sounds awesome, man. That is that sounds great. And then on Sunday, with all the rain, we just we went back. My wife and I, we went back down to the house, and we all just sat around on the porch with the grandkids. While the rain, they have a covered porch, nice covered porch, and we just sat there, watched the rain, and talked. And we're already planning. We're already planning the one-year-old's birthday. The one-year-old, the, the baby turns one in August. Oh my God! August twenty-sixth. So they've already they've, they're getting this get like a thirty-foot-high water slide, renting that, plus all the food that we did and everything else. So now we got to plan that for, for August. So, all right. Well, listen, I understand that, uh, the tone has a look at maybe some at your, your getup from this weekend. Um, so really? tone, let's, uh, let's show the folks what we have for the, what is going on there? <laughs> what is happening there? How in the world did you get that picture? You let your hair grow a little bit. Uh, you got your your juice cup, your little juice sippy cup there, and and you got the, uh, the one gr- of the grandchildren on the lap right there. The I, grand- that's a good look for you, by the way. I yeah. like that hairstyle. Here's the thing: I don't know how you got that picture. First of all, second we of have all, sources. Yes. Uh, second of all, so so the theme was Frozen. My my two year old granddaughter loved the movie Frozen, right? So she walked around all day Friday with this Frozen wig on, and we were just howling. So then, on the, at the party, she had it on. So one of the, one of the, uh, my son-in-law's relatives grabbed it and dumped it on me, and everybody jumps in taking pictures with it. You know, so I think oh, you should wear that for every show. Actually, I think it looks I, good. I, how did you get this picture? That's what I want to know. Can't give can't give up our sources, man. We just we have some sources. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you, Tone. I appreciate it. Tone's back too. Tone made the uh, made his move. He's back. He's back uh, with us. So we we appreciate Tone as well. Relocated Tone. Uh, yes. Uh, and by the way, what's up, G.I. Zoe? What's up, Chris D? What's up, A. Thomas? What's up, uh, Mara? Uh, Maria? If I'm uh, I'm always messing up that pronunciation, I apologize. What's up, Mr. Taz? What's up, Adam? What is up, William? Fitness Rebel! How are we doing, everybody? Hope you guys had a great, great, great weekend, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. But yes, we have sources, Derek, so just so you know, we know what, you, what you're up to, okay? That's scary. I know. That is scary, man. That's scary. So yeah, I'm glad you were able to get all that in with the rain. We had some crazy rain here uh, Dude, in our area. In Monsoon area. City, man. Yesterday, oh my goodness! Yeah. You know, I saw I saw a weather report this morning that in West Point, New York, now this is the same storm that went through us. Yeah, they got eight inches of rain. You should see some of the roads that flooded there, Jeez. and supposedly it's still raining. It's still raining there. Wow. Yeah, uh, 76 was closed here in in our area, which is a nightmare, you know, oh. road anyway. But that was closed down on both sides uh, for a little while, actually in the after yesterday afternoon. But yeah, so we uh, everybody survived, wow. and I know some people lost power. So I hope everybody's doing well out there for sure, man. So all right, so a couple a couple odds. Wait, 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 wait. How was your yeah. weekend? It was good. I uh, what did I do? So I worked. I worked both days. 
uh yeah it was pretty it was pretty mellow man I, I you know yesterday was nice i played pickleball saturday first time in a while uh and then i chilled i really just kind of chilled yesterday i worked and then i just came home and i watched the mlb draft uh a little okay. bit of that and i was kind of flipping around a little bit i had i had particular interest in, in one of the players who uh, went to my high school kevin mcgonigal he went okay. 37th yeah he went okay. 37th overall to the tigers so good well, spot right. yeah yeah happy Wait. i might try and get him on this week I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna i'm reaching out to some of my people after the show today so i'll see what we can do Hey, He's a just, great kid. Just so you know, um, it's it's Maria. 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 I apologize, uh, Maria. Maria. My bad. Okay. My bad on that. Maria Armstrong. Yes. Uh, thanks for hanging with us, Maria. Um, yeah. So uh, so that was cool. Phillies took an infielder, uh, kid Aiden Miller. He who was an intriguing prospect, Derek. So this guy, he's a high schooler. He went twenty seventh overall to the Phillies. He was um, he was projected as a lot of a lot of folks. A lot of these experts had him in their top ten. He right. broke his hammock bone. That's the oh. same thing that Trout broke yeah. uh, during his senior season. So he missed, oh. you know, he missed some time and he missed like these showcases that they have for these kids, yep. which is a big deal. But based off of what the Phillies saw mostly from like his sophomore and junior year, and he, he, he actually grew up uh, about 30 minutes from where they train in Clearwater. So they've seen this guy a bunch. Um, they, they project him as a, as a third baseman. Strong arm, power. He's got pop. He's 6'2". You know, he played some shortstop, too. He's got good size if he's a shortstop at 6'2", you know, 205. Um, but, yeah, so they, they like him a little bit. Um, and, they, they, you know, they'll continue. They didn't have a second rounder last night. They have a third, uh, third and then fourth, I think, today. So we'll see where they end up, uh, what they end up doing. Um, but, yeah, it was. I watched a little bit of that. But, no, other than that, not a ton, really. You know, just kind of took it easy. Um but yeah, ready to gear up for this week. So you had that. Yeah, the Phillies losing. It was a bummer because we were on Friday. Yep. And then Friday night, the Phillies, they look like they were dead. And they make an unbelievable comeback. Rob Thompson taps Christian Pache to pinch hit. Yep. And he delivers a two-run shot. Phillies escape with a win. And you're thinking, oh, my God. And then, you know, they don't play great Saturday. No. And then yesterday was – it didn't yesterday feel like they were just checked out and ready to get to, to vacation for, for a few days? Dude, you talk about a game of foul-ups, bleeps, and blunders. Yeah. My goodness. Um, I don't know what they were thinking, but you're right, Rob. It, it was like, okay, let's just get some time off here. We've done what we needed to do. Uh, let's just get the heck out of Dodge. Man, I tell you what, how many errors did they commit? One goes off, Trey Turner's glove, one Alex Bone boots one at first. Yeah, it was I mean, bad. What else, what else could possibly happen, you know, in a game? But then again, this is the way they've played defensively all year. Yeah. yeah. They've played some decent games. Um, in other games, it's like, did you guys have a spring training? Are, are you not paid like major leaguers? Uh, yeah. What, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> well, I think, you know, what I think uh, more than anything else, my takeaway is, you know, there's seven games over 500. They're, they're yes. right there. I think they're a half game back in the, of the last wild card, but they're right there. That's despite a good amount of guys underachieving, you know, we'll, we'll get into this later with Anthony Sanfilippo sure. from crossing broad is going to join us. So we'll, we'll talk to him at one o'clock and get in heavy at this, but I mean, think about it. Turner had an awful first half, awful. Schwarber's yeah. hitting 185. He's he, he, tons of he's just strikeouts galore. No, again, yesterday, just, you can't figure him out. He's great the game before and he, he stinks yesterday. He has a Dude, three more this, home runs. I, I told you, this is what we're going to get from. No, I, I don't care. 
what anybody says. This is what we're going to get from Nola the rest of the year, Rob. I have never seen Aaron Nola this inconsistent. Yeah. And I, and again, I don't know. I don't know if this contract thing is bothering him or what, but if it is, he's yeah. costing himself a lot. Of, now, somebody somebody's going to jump and pay him. Yeah. But for the Aaron Nola that we've had to watch this year, I'm not paying him that kind of money. Look, I hear you. And it's going to be a really difficult decision for them. I can tell you that it is going to be a really difficult decision because he is going to get paid just because there's a premium. There's not that many guys that can do what he does for whatever he is. He takes the ball every fifth day. He gives you a ton of innings. You know, it's, it's just this year, the home runs have destroyed this guy. They have killed him. He had three more yesterday. Um, So we'll, we'll get into it. I'm actually optimistic. I know people are a little bit bummed out at the way they closed out the last two games, but I feel pretty good about where the Phillies are. Nola's already surpassed his home run total from last year. All last year. Okay. And there's only been two outings this year. This is, this is what's really concerning. He's only had two outings this year that he hasn't given up a home run. I know. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's not Aaron Nola. No, no. Something's up. Something's up, whether it's a tired arm. You know, he's such a chill guy. I doubt that – I don't know. It doesn't seem at least, at least externally, Derek, that he's he's sweating the contract. But you never know what's going on inside of somebody. But he is a very – I don't care what he tells you, Rob. Um, yeah. and, and this is not just him, but this is athletes across the board. Right. When money's when money's on the table, when money matters, it does have an effect to a certain degree, especially if they don't get what they want initially. Yeah, and then I'll, you're back and forth. You tell, oh, you know, I let my agent take care of these things. No, you don't, because your agent is is constantly telling you what's right. going on. Right. And so, hey, you know what the the team says this about you? How can they say that about me? You know, after all the years of certain, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like a verbal a verbal tennis match back and forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you tell them this, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that's exactly what Aaron. No, said. I know. It just happened. And look, we're all human beings. Like we, we've, we've been through it. And I'm sure our folks listening we, we, at your job and you're not sure what your, what your future holds. Right. There's exactly. no way that doesn't have some impact on you exactly. at any time, whether it's at the workplace or home, you know, you're, you're constantly worried about what your future is going to, going to be. It's, it's a hard thing. So I'm, I get it. Believe me. I, I get it from his standpoint. All right. Sixers. Um, so they matched the offer sheet late last night, Gunner, uh, for Paul Reed. B-Ball Paul will be back. So the way that the Jazz structured this thing, I think we talked about it Friday. Dude. So they, they, oh. Danny Ainge doing Danny Ainge things. Here we go again. So the first year of the deal is guaranteed, okay? If the team gets to uh, – basically the way it works is the, the Sixers have to – let me make sure I'm reading it you know, the proper way here. If the Sixers in year two and year three, year the next two years are guaranteed. If the if whatever team he was with would reach the conference semifinals, we yep. know the Sixers haven't been able to get out of the second round, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, now that puts the Sixers over the luxury tax. But what I can't seem to figure out here, you now have Embiid, Paul Reed, Mo Bamba, and Montrez Harrell. Like, I, I, if these guys had appeal, I would think they were going to be moved in a deal as a sweeteners, right? Yes, yes. Uh, is anybody knocking down the door for Montrez Harrell? I, th- that's what I said last week. What bargaining chips do they have other than Harden? If you're trying to protect Maxi and Embiid, if you're adamant about keeping those two players together because those are your marquee talents, what else do you have to bargain with? Obviously... 
Harden is not a hot commodity like we all assume for much of the season. Because if that was the case, he would have been moved by now. 100%. What else do they have on a roster that's a, a Tobias Harris? Even Tobias Harris is not is not moving a needle in terms no. of the I mean, the, the only appeal is you you get – it's one year and you're out from under that money if you're a team. It's just – you just – boom, $39 million come off your comes off your payroll. That's the appeal there. I mean, that and that's real. But you're right. I mean, I just w- – what's the plan at center? I don't I mean, know, but – a ton of minutes, and then it's Paul Reed. What are you doing with the other two? Yeah, I don't know, but I like what Paul Mancini says. The Sixers are in purgatory. Need to blow it up. No team wants Harden. That basically they are. Paul, I I agree with Paul. the The problem is, I don't think they're ready to go in blow up mode. No, I, I don't, I just don't. Simply because they they did the most extreme blow up you've ever done, and here we go. You know, I I agree a hundred percent. I think this team feels that they can still be competitive. Um, I think they may have over they may have overpriced the market for Harden and Tobias Harris. Um, you know what? It's, it's like the old saying goes: "You don't know unless you ask." Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but if they thought they could get what we heard they were asking for from the likes of the Phoenixes and the Clevelands, you know, and other teams for a James Harden or Tobias Harris. They were sadly mistaken and found out real quick the market is not that hot. When you think about the volume of players that moved around, whether by way of free agency or trades, this offseason, and here the Sixers basically have done virtually nothing, which shouldn't surprise us, but that should tell you what the league thinks about James Harden at this stage of his career and Tobias Harris. Now, James Harden can score. There may be a team still out there looking for a score, but – we haven't seen that team yet. Tobias Harris can play defense. He can shoot. You don't know what you're going to get from Tobias night in and night out. You get 25 one night, you might get 10 the next night. Right. The market is not that hot for those two and the 76. Here they sit. Yeah. And you're right. When you look at the moves that they've made, Mo Bamba, bringing back Paul Reed, which I'm glad they bought, brought back Paul Reed. But when I initially – Saw that story with Danny Ainge and you. I said, there's no way the Sixers are going to match this. I didn't think – it was like <clears> – <throat> excuse me. It was probably around 10 o'clock last night, maybe later, and when the word came down. And they had to 11.59. I'm thinking, he's walking, man. Uh, you yep. know, but I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing, Derek. I think we're either going to be, like, wowed. Like, wow, I didn't see that happen. I can't believe Maury did that. I, I'm Hey, props to him. I'm shocked. Or we're going to be like, this dude is completely out of his mind running this thing back. Uh, it's it's there's there's gonna be no in between i don't think i think it's one or the other here and now you have a disgruntled uh yeah. James Harden right coming back on, on i'm sure for less money than he thought i wonder i want to know what happened i don't know if we'll ever find out but i want to know what happened on this 35 million dollar deal he resigns for he he opts in when we were all 200 percent guaranteed that we just knew just like the experts knew that he was going to opt out until he finally shocked the world and opted back in Yep. Somebody made a promise somewhere. Yeah, That's, yeah, and or he and his agent were just delusional, and, and there wasn't a market. Yeah, yeah, and, and they had you know basically it's like all right, thirty five point six is better than you know whatever and anywhere else. So yeah, we'll we'll get more into the Sixers in a minute. All right, question for you. We we like to do our little our our, our you know our eagle question here before we dive you know heavy. The thing we're going to do from the Eagles today, it's going to be fun. We're going to look at the the wide receiver groupings in the NFC East. Yeah. It might no, no. wait NFC East or NFC East East. Oh, the you know, NFC. if you want to do the NFC, we could do the NFC too. I don't. I don't care. 
It's, look, it's a Monday, Rob. I had a great weekend. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, just I thought it'd me. be easier to prep just for the East and dive into the East. So, but we could do okay. the NFC. I don't care. What do you want to do? Let's make a decision. Your call. I'm letting you call it, Derek. Rob, well, serenity uh, now. Serenity now. What did you prep? The NFC. I just went. In, I just like top three or four in the NFC. All right, then let's do the NFC. But okay. what what may surprise you? I, all I'll say is this: it may surprise you. I think there may be a team, at least specifically in the East, but let's do the, the whole NFC, that might have the best of the th of three. We're just doing receivers. We're not doing tight ends. No tight ends. It might surprise you who I who I think has the best. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, all right, here's my question for you. You could have any owner yep. in the NFL, anybody. Your pick. It's 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 them. Any it's the field versus Jeffrey Lurie. Would you choose anybody to own your football team wow. over Jeffrey Lurie? That, that wow. includes Robert Kraft. That includes Jerry Jones, Stan Kroenke, who's on a roll with all of his teams, the guy who owns the Rams, if you're not familiar, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The, 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 uh, who is it, the Tisha, or who owns them? The Maras own the Giants. It, you could have any owner in the league. Wow. Would you take anybody over Lurie right now? Oh, yeah, Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Snyder before he gets oh, yeah. picked out of the league. Yeah. Wow, that's a good question. Let's see. Robert Kraft. Uh, I mean, tell you what. Robert Kraft, Kraft has had tremendous, tremendous volume of success. He has. Um, wow. He has. He won a lot of Super Bowls. Let's see. Who else? Let's see. I mean, you have really stable ownership, like with the Roonies, and, as you know, in the Pittsburgh. Family in Kansas City. Kansas City, the Hunt family's a great, you know, great ownership. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right about that. Uh, um, you know, Green Bay's kind of got that weird yeah, public thing yeah, uh, that, that they yeah. have. Uh, Wilf is in is in Minnesota. Uh, the Ford family in Detroit. The, I guess the Kraski is it the McCraskey that the, 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 the part of the Hallis crew that's still on the yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I, I think um, um, Arthur Blank's a very good owner. I know he hasn't won one, but yes. Yes, yeah, so I think he does right by his fans till he try. He doesn't gouge them in, with, with uh, yeah. you know, with prices and whatnot. So and and, and and you know he's always visible with the players on sidelines. Players seem to love talking to him. Yeah, been, from what we've been told, he's very honest with his players. Even when he has a trade or cut them, he's very honest with his players. Always accessible to them. Um, I don't know. Let's see. The Rooney family still has control of the Steelers. Yep. Um, man, see the heart. The the most difficult aspect of trying to to make a, a serious decision is we don't know the community background. See a big part of what Jeffrey Lurie is, is because of his community involvement. It's true. And we don't know that with these other owners, we know that we ain't putting Jerry Jones on that list. We ain't putting Daniel Snyder on that list. No. Um, but somebody, ha Haslam in, in, in Cleveland is a disaster. He's a yes, terrible owner. Yes. Um, um, man. Uh, let's see. I don't think the Texans are well run. I don't either. I don't either. I think I think Denver is well run. Yeah, they're newer, but yeah, they're newer. Uh, the Chargers own it. Spanos has been around for a while. Yeah, the people in San Diego hate him for whatever. It's uh, let's see. Well, they hate him because he moved the team to L.A. He was right. but see, that wasn't on him. That was on the city of San Diego. They, the cheapos they wouldn't yeah. you know cough up the money. Stadium. A new stadium. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, you know the, the the Raiders. I don't think are run well by Mark Davis. I don't. No. Let's see. Tampa Bay has the Glazer family. There's a whole bunch of Glazer family members that run that team. Um, right. 
Wow, that's a that's a tough one, Rob. I I got to tell you, Derek. I mean, you could certainly make a case for Kraft, no doubt. But I would say Kraft and the Hunt family, right? Would be are a the, push. They're the two, yeah. But I would, I got to tell you, I think I'd keep Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, I, I oh, there's no question. If you think about the, the community involvement that you just talked about, you know, I I think he has input, but I don't think he's meddlesome. Like I don't think he's Jerry. Um, he lets Howie do his thing. He he kept faith in Howie when nobody else had faith in Howie. Um, he he gets it done. Like you know, he said they said they would get it done with with um, with Jalen Hurts, and they got it done with Jalen Hurts. Like there's none of that nonsense that's always hanging over other teams. You know, with contracts, it feels like they get stuff done. And he got a he got a feel a stadium built. He got uh, the Novacare complex built, which is you know state of the art. Pretty good owner. Um, here's what I know about Jeffrey Lurie. He hires people to do their jobs. He doesn't like to look over their shoulders, but he wants to be informed in what's what's going on. He has told us that a number of times through the years, that he hires people and then gets out of the way until he needs to step in. Yeah. Um, he is involved in every decision, but all of his underlings, from Howie Roseman on down, they're the ones that basically – make a lot of decisions which are funneled through him. He's not overbearing uh, player. He talks to his players. Players love to talk to him. Um, he's not going to be out there in the forefront. He does not care about being in front of a microphone talking to the media. Mm-hmm. He makes his couple uh, State of the Union addresses, you know, after a season and in the summer uh, during training camp, and that's fine. They're, the team motto is once the season starts, the – the coach is the spokesman of the team. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie stay behind the scenes and let the coach do all the talking, coaching staff and the players, and rightfully so. Yep. The only time they will step to the forefront during a season if there's a significant trade or if there's something detrimental to the team that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on what we know about Jeffrey Lurie, there's no need that, to, to even think about replacing Lurie with somebody else we might like. Like we said, we, the Kraft family – the Hunt family have been great, and the, and the Rooney's have been at the at the forefront of being great owners in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeffrey Lurie has to be considered in that same conversation. And because of our close proximity to them and what we've known and studied about them for years, I'm, no, I'm not moving Jeffrey Lurie. Look at him. No. Look at the measure of success that he. Now he's won. What one Super Bowl? He's won one. Been to been to two additional. Two. Been to a lot of of championship games in his conference. Like there, and when they Derek, when they fall off, they don't fall off for long. It's usually resurrected within a year or two, and and they're right back. It's not like you're in this like oh my god year five of this. No, they get Cleveland or Chicago or right one of those teams. No, look at the look at the coaches that he's hired. You know, uh, during his time, it's been Ray Rhodes who got you to the playoffs immediately. It's been Andy Reid, you know, enough said. It's been Chip Kelly. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't work, but it was – I thought it was worth a gamble at the time. He took he – took, you you know what? We can say what we, not, we want to say about Chip. I'm not a Chip Kelly fan. Yeah. He took a 4-12 and 12 team and in one year turned him into 10-6 and six and got him in a playoff. And the second year he won 10 games, but they just yeah. didn't get in because the, the conference was loaded. Exactly. And, and, and then two years later it's Doug, and then two years after hiring Doug they win a Super Bowl. Yep. Doug thing doesn't work out, whatever. They bring in Sirianni. Within two years, Sirianni's in a Super Bowl. Yep. That's a good track record. Absolutely. And what's and, and outside outside of Chip Kelly, which was a splash move, even though he had never coached in the pro ranks, all of the coaches that he's hired 
were assistant coaches and you go and, and from Andy Reid to Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni, the consensus was, wait a minute, all the names out there, you could have hired well-known names, prominent names. This is who you hired. And it's turned out to be the right hires for these or for this organization. Mm-hmm. You think about it. Yeah. Jim Curley was the only splash splash move. You're right. You know, yeah. Other, the other guys were very under the radar. One yeah. was a quarterbacks coach in green Bay. Yeah. The other guy was an offensive coordinator for a very short period of time in Indianapolis, but not a well-known commodity. Yes. Sirianni for sure. The big reason Doug Peterson was hired because they wanted an anti-Chip Kelly after what Chip Kelly did in terms of alienating everybody in the front office, alienating every player that he could, every veteran player he could alienate. They needed somebody who was more like, um, more that would bring peace and harmony. And not only that, but at history with the organization, Doug Peterson walks in that building immediately embraces everybody from the janitor on up to the owner. Yeah. You know, he was so opposite of what Chip Kelly was and Doug Peterson understood what it meant to how to treat players at the pro level, giving players certain days off. Mm-hmm. He is a player's coach and still is a player coach. Look what he did in, in one year down in Jacksonville. Yep. You know, yeah, um, oh, it was an incredible turnaround. They they were they were in total chaos with Urban Meyer and all oh that crap. Goodness. And, and he fun. just settles it down and helps develop Trevor Lawrence. And here we go, and they're on the it's right path. The yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. And that's there's a there's an eye for that. You know, there there's a there's a there's something about the interview process or whatever that clicks with them with certain guys. You know, and the rest is history. Sirianni's a guy who just his players will go to the mat for him. As much as we kind of laugh at some of the stuff, it's yep. you know the, yep. the the rah rah stuff. Whatever, it works. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I, I think there's. I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, that'd be a pretty good topic for us to kick around a little bit because, uh, you know, I really think I would. If, if, if I'm not a grass is greener, like I would keep no. the guy that I have. No, no, the money they the money they donate to causes in this region. Uh, the community involvement, they have their players out there at the forefront, you know, with people, you know, side by side, working community projects, build, planting trees, flowers at, at schools and stuff like that. Um, and allowing players and allowing people to, and kids to, to just get next to some of these players, you know. And, you know, in a couple of events, a mandatory, every player has to be there. Right. You know. That, 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 like, that's not to mention all the hospital visits that we don't no, even know about, no, you know, children's no. hospital, et cetera, where they go, you know, and there's a lot of things we don't know about that they do. Yep. See? Agreed. Agreed. So, you're right. You're right. Um, you, you couldn't put it, put it more perfectly in terms of grass, not uh, grass always being greener on the other side. No, yeah. Keep what you have. It hasn't equated into multitudes of Super Bowls like, like the uh, Patriots organization, but what it has done is is consistently kept this team in conversations as being one of the better teams in the national football league during his ownership absolutely all right so let's uh let's come back and continue the eagles talk derek uh we'll look at the nfc best wide receiver groupings again does not include tight ends these are just wide out so we'll dig into that when we come back so don't go anywhere he's derek gunn i am rob ellis by the way one o'clock we'll have anthony sanfilippo we'll talk uh we'll talk phil's with anthony all right time for a little bravo pizza was there friday uh and hit the spot man and i got some got some leftovers in the fridge which i might be dipping into soon uh bravo pizza of Havertown's the best they uh they are uh been going there since i was a kid they've been family owned since 1985 literally alex and, and the crew 
fresh food every single day. They offer 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the you name it. They will make it. You're, you request what kind of pizza you want, and they will take care of you. And they don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown. There you can get daily specials, promotions, the menu. Check out what they have to offer. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
We're back. Yes, we are. He's Derek Dunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you on this Monday. We do appreciate you. Uh, coming up at 1 o'clock, Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad. We'll talk Phillies uh, first half, uh, the draft, the whole nine with Anthony. By the way, Tone, can we uh, can we throw up the, uh, the email address, too, for people if you want to send us? Thank you, Tone. Sports Take Jacob, Sports Take Jacob at gmail.com. That's how you can send us anything. You know, we're not, you know, whatever you want to do. You want to send us pictures of yourself. We always like to put the name with the face. Uh, you want to send us ideas, what you like, what you don't like. Have we got anything lately? Have we gotten anything? Tone, have we? Have we gotten any? Uh, hit us up on the private chat. Let me know. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I could, um, I need to start monitoring it too. Just checking out to see what's uh, see what's going on there. So I, I will uh, I'll pass it along uh, when I know. But um, all right, let, let's dig into the uh, to the NFL, Derek, in this segment because I'm, I'm interested uh, where you're at with this. Because I was in going through some of these teams, um, you, you feel good about where the Eagles are, but you also realize for in a league where you play three wideouts a lot, yeah, there's a pretty good fall off after their first two. I mean, let's be real. Uh, you know, I, I, I think um, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus will be a fine slot receiver. He'll do a solid job for them. But then it's Quez with major question marks. And, you know, look, I, 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 I'm not in any way, shape, or form down on the situation. you got 2,000-yard receivers, and you have Dallas Goddard, if, we're, yep. if we were to include yep. the tight ends, which we're yep. not. So you still feel good about it, but there's a little bit of a drop. All right, well, you, why don't you give me some of the teams that, that stood out to you, some of the teams that you really like and what they have. In terms of just receivers in the NFC? Yeah. Oh, I would have to start with Seattle. I mean, when you talk about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and then they go out and get the kid from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, now obviously he has to prove himself at this level. And, you know, unlike a lot of receivers, when they're drafted in the first round, you got to come in and beat a man right away. He doesn't have to beat a man, but he is going to learn some valuable lessons from two outstanding receivers. Hmm. You have Metcalf, who's not only big, fat. I can't get over the fact that Metcalf looks like a Greek guy, <laughs> as big as he is, and can run like a gazelle. I'll never forget that play where he runs the length of the field. Yeah, and track down the DB and tackles him before he gets to the goal line. Yeah. And you see him coming. He's near the goal line. He's, you know, behind the play and he takes off. And I mean, he's like Usain Bolt going down the field, catching up to this DB and tackles. It's Boy. one of the great hustle plays you'll see in sports. Yes. I don't care what sport it is. And yes. And, and the thing with him that's, that's fascinating is, you know, the knock coming out was he couldn't stay healthy. Right. He's been, you know, he's been a very healthy healthy cat so far i've seen dudes take direct shots at him if he catches the ball and bounce off them and get up slowly yeah they've hurt themselves more than they've hurt him and he just stands there looking at him and <laughs> yeah, he, thinking, he's built like a tight end i mean he's my, built like a he, linebacker you know my, and runs like runs almost like tyree hill <laughs> i mean jeez yeah um so i will start with that one that's a good one um yeah. you know that's a good one L- let me i'll give you I'll give you a bit of an under the radar. I, I, maybe not under the radar, but but maybe we're not looking at him as closely as we should. And I think some of this naturally has to do with the quarterback. Yep. You know, for Washington can roll out McLaren, Samuel, yep. and Jahan Dotson, who only played in 12 games last year, but had 523 yards receiving and seven touchdowns, 15 yards per catch. That's a really good threesome right there that they I'm had. I'm telling you, man. Uh, uh, well, 
if they ever if they ever figure out this quarterback situation, um, they could have some serious serious threats in the passing game. Obviously, a receiver is only as good as his quarterback. And when you look at Washington's quarterback situation, um, it, it's such a big mystery yeah. now. Yeah. In terms of who's throwing them the ball, what is this Eric Bieniemy pass offense going to look like? That's is the thing. It tell, yeah. Is it going to entail a lot of motion? You know, who's the slot receiver among this group? I would imagine it's Curtis Samuel. The slot, I would too. Yeah. You know, but are you going to move him out and maybe move one of the other guys in and slot at times? You know, for matchup reasons, Dotson or McLaurin, because McLaurin has has taken snaps from the slot, mm-hmm. to work certain parts of the field. You know, so but. Man, if they can get somebody that can get them ball the ball consistently, they're going to be in a lot of ball games this year. I agree with you. I so that that's one I would, you know, I wouldn't just overlook it because if the enemy can can get Hal right or get him, you know, to be a serviceable QB, that's a dangerous crew right there. Um, go ahead, Derek. Give me. Why don't you throw one at me? Uh, as much as I hate to do it, I'd have to say Dallas now with uh, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. Yep. Michael Gallup's coming off that injury, but Michael Gallup's is a good, good second-tier receiver. Doesn't get the notoriety. He's always been o- overshadowed uh, by somebody, whether it's C.D. Lamb uh, and you know Amari uh, Cooper. But Michael Gallup is a quality receiver. And you had Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is still, you know, you think Brandon Cooks has been in the, been in the league forever. He's only twenty-nine. Right. You know. It does seem like he's been around forever, man. And six of his nine seasons, he's had a 1,000 yards receiving. Even in Houston in 2021, when they were a mess in 2021, he had a 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon Cooks is a great addition to that Cowboy in terms of helping stretch the field because now you just can't cheat and keep doubling up on CeeDee Lamb because Brandon Cooks, who was one of the fastest receivers in the game, Mm -hmm. can still fly by you at 29 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, good choice. Look, that's a good choice. I, I I think they're I hate to admit it too, but it's it's real. Uh you know, with them it's gonna come down to is 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 Dak gonna just rebound from some of those mistakes that he made last year? Is he gonna be okay yeah. psyche wise? Um, uh, where he's at. But the the more I, I dig into some of these teams, like I see the same issue the Eagles have. Like, for example, Minnesota. Look, we know they have Justin Jefferson, right? Yep. I really like KJ Osborne, and I think he's underrated. I agree. I, you know, of course, you you're going to give the pub to to Jefferson. You know, he had a good year last year. He had 60 catches, 650 yards, and five touchdowns. It's yes. you know, almost 11 yards per catch. He's a good player, KJ Osborne. But the problem is, where are you after that with them? You know what I mean? Like who who's you who who scares you? Who's your who's the three that scares you out of that grouping? You're right. You know? I, that, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Um, now they 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 smartly drafted Jordan Addison out of USC, so he could become that guy. But we just don't know right now. Again, you know, it depends on how quickly that they, they develop. Yeah. You know, and receivers are, are finicky lot, man. You know, the ones you think that are going to come in and get like gangbusters, um, take a little bit longer to develop. Mm-hmm. And then you get the ones like Justin Jefferson. You just knew he was going to be a star when he came into the league. Yep. And he is not disappointed in any, any, any way, shape, or form. But who picks up that slack for the departed uh, Adam Thielen? Right. Hard to tell. Yeah. Hard to tell. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he – look, I know he isn't the same guy, but you're talking about a lot of good years with them, you know. So. Oh, my goodness, yes. He'll, he'll be he'll be I'll be curious what he does in Carolina. I think, I think it's a nice landing spot for him. Uh, I, I, agree, I couldn't agree more. 
Like, I'll give you another example, Derek. Another team that I would have maybe thrown in there right away would have been Detroit. But yes. Jamison Williams is suspended for, uh, what is it, six games six, or whatever? Six games, yeah. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Boy, plus you have Marvin Jones Jr. And they still have Marvin Jones Jr. So, I mean, they're they're good. I mean, they when once Jamison Williams gets back, that's a pretty deadly threesome that they oh. uh, they have. And, that you know, Goff uh, had a great year for them. So, can watch they, out for Detroit. When can they hold back. on until James, until Jameson gets back? That's the thing. Can they hold on? Yeah. I mean, the, the year that Goff had last year was, was phenomenal. And, and, I mean, dude, he was on point. Yep. The way they spread that offense, you know, but how is the running game going? The running game helped open up the passing game for them. Yep. You know, they don't have DeAndre Swift anymore. So how is that going to help or hurt hurt their passing game overall? Yep. But, yep. Um, another team I have to give you, I'd have to say 49ers. Yeah. You yes. Know, with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, you know, Ray Ray McLeod, Jawan Jennings. Mm-hmm. They got a nice quartet of pass catchers there. You know, Debo is that Swiss Army knife. You know, we, we're so used to seeing him in motion, jet sweep, carry the ball, that we forget that he was a thousand yard receiver, one of the better receivers in the game. Yeah. And tough as nails after the catch. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He does not go down after the catch. Like a lot of receivers looking to hit the turf soon. This dude has a running back mentality when he when he gets the ball in his hand. And he is hard to bring down. Brandon Ayuk has developed into a nice uh, compliment uh, for Debo. Uh, and Ray Ray McLeod doesn't get a lot of respect because he's always overshadowed. But they have a nice quartet of receivers in, in San Francisco again. Yeah. Who's getting them the ball? That's the thing. That's the big thing. And look, we know the coach can utilize those guys. I think De- Debo's disappointed the year that he had last year. He's going to come out firing this year. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> he's going to be trouble. Uh, there is no doubt about that. You know, you get beyond that. It's a, it's a lot of sort of question marks, you know, Um who do the Rams have that scares you besides Cup? Nobody Up really on the outside. You know, uh, really. Cardinals have no one. Uh, you know, the Panthers did some things. They, they, you know, they added a, some pieces to to make that thing solid. You know, with Thielen and Chark and, and that crew. You know, they 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 they're going to be respectable. I think they're get, they're trying to give Bryce Young as much as they can give him. But I, I it's not a strike fear in you kind of bunch. Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's a little bit interesting. They're they're one that I would look at a little bit. The thing with Atlanta is, and we're not doing tight ends, but you'd almost have to throw tight ends into the mix when you're talking yeah. about pits. But yeah. you know, Drake London, uh, Scotty Miller's got some wheels on him. Uh, you know, I don't love Mac Collins as a receiver. He's still in the league. He's still in. The, he's he's listed on their depth chart as a starter. What? Did you did you know by the way that that um, Ortega Whiteside is is trying to make that team? Yes. Yes. Man. The fact that he's still in the game, that's a travesty. You yeah. know. I'll give you another one. Look at the Saints with yeah. Chris Olave. But the key there is, is Michael Thomas all the way back. That's everything. Because they have Traquan Smith also, who's a pretty good receiver. Yep. And if Michael Thomas is all the way back to go with Chris Olave, their passing game is going to be real special to watch down there. So where would you in, in our group here? Where would yeah. you throw the where would you throw the Eagles? Because you're talking about AJ Brown, 88 catches, uh, almost 1500 yards, 11 touchdowns, 17 yards per catch. Devontae, 95 catches, almost 1200 yards, seven touchdowns. The problem is, like we talked about, you know what comes after them. But so e- even that said, with those two guys as good as they are, wh- where do you put them in the in the lot with everybody else? 
Well, it, the fact that they had two, the fact that they had two one thousand yard receivers, but there was a big question mark after that. Uh, you know, Quez didn't pan out. Pascal's now gone to Arizona. Um, they brought in the other guy. Uh, we don't know what he is or is not. So I would say you you be based on the two thousand yard receivers alone. You have to put them in the upper echelon of the NFC. But in terms of depth, um, I would have to drop them down a little bit. You know, we we know what Washington has, but they don't have a quarterback. But, man, do they have the talent. We know what Detroit has, and they have the quarterback. You know, Brandon Cooks, with that crew, if Michael Gallup stays healthy, Dallas's passing game, even with McCarthy calling the plays, Dallas's passing game is going to be upper echelon. Um, If if Dak Prescott gets back to what he was, which – was uh, he took care of the ball before last season, took care of the ball, you know, um, and didn't make a lot of mistakes with the ball. But I put the Eagles right up there in the top three. You got to put them in the top three just based on the two pass catchers. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see who's going to develop is that number three. Outside of a tight end, who's the number? Not, you know, we have to keep reminding, we're not talking tight ends. We're just talking about right. wide receivers. Because uh, that is a game changer in some ways. Yeah. If you think about it, the Eagles, you throw Goddard out there. The um, yep. uh, If you're the Giants – who I don't really love the receiving core, but you throw Darren Waller in there. If he looks like the Darren Waller we saw a couple of years ago yep. in Oakland, uh, you know, that's a huge addition for, for Daniel Jones for, for, for a target. No um, you know, a Falcons again with Pitts. So yeah, the tight end 49ers, you throw Kittle in there. Like it became a total game changer. I, I, you know, a good one that we, that we didn't mention was Tampa. Yes. Barbara Carroll says that, you know, I agree. Uh, you know, you think about, even though they're again, they fall into the question of who's throwing it. How good is Baker going to be? You know, you're still talking about coming out of the shoot with Godwin uh, and Mike yeah. Evans. Yep. You know, two beasts there. They they kind of fall off out after that. It's like Russell Gage and just sort of guys after that. But their top two are strong. That's a very good top two. Yeah, but how much do you trust in Baker Mayfield? It's the problem. That's the thing. You know, Baker Mayfield has always been a streaky quarterback. Yeah. He, he plays he plays exceptionally well in some games and plays like he's lost in other games. He sometimes takes too many risks with the ball. Um, but you're right. If you've got to walk into a situation, if I've got to look to my left or to the right, I feel pretty good about Chris Godwin on one side and Mike Evans on the other side. Yeah. But can you deliver the goods? That's the thing with Baker Mayfield. You know, and we look and when we look at a lot of these quarterback combinations, it comes down to who's throwing throwing them in the ball. Washington, quarterback situation. Right. Um Tampa Bay quarterback situation. You know, uh, it's that that's huge in terms of being effective and keeping the chains moving and keeping your offense on the field and in in the opposing team's offense off the field. Well, I, I think too. If you if you combine everything, when you take the Eagles situation with a runner-up MVP quarterback, with two thousand-yard receivers, with a running attack that I think is going to be good, even though it's going to look a little different, it's not. There is going to be like a primary guy, right? And that offensive line. If you put it all together, you know you can make a case for the Eagles as the best of any of those teams in the NFC. With well, all think, of those things. I think definitely the best duo. Right. But when you're talking about just overall depth and versatility beyond just two receivers, 
Eagles become a big question mark. If you just look at the NFC East, right? If you just look at that for a minute, and I think you automatically you eliminate the Giants because it's it's Darius Slayton who is solid. He's not bad, um, yeah. but it's Darius Slayton, Richie James, you know, and then Waller. Eh, they're last, right? I mean, well, Waller's a very good tight end. No, he is. If he's healthy, he is for sure. He's, he's a very good tight end. Yeah. That's a huge pickup for the Giants. If they get Saquon's situation ironed out with Darren Waller in there as well, that is huge for that Giants offense, you know, especially under Brian Dable. I mean, he's they're going to be able to play a lot of games with a lot of people, and Waller's a huge matchup problems for linebackers, safeties, and even co- slot corners in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. uh, because of his body size and his ability to get separation, and he doesn't drop many passes. But, yeah, if you're, if you're stacking them up pluses and minuses just from a receiving core, you'd have to put – the Giants last. Um, third, I would put. Third, I would put Washington because of uh, I, I like the combination of Dotson and McLaurin a little bit better than I like the combination of Brandon Cooks and and uh, CD Lamb because CD ha- uh, because Brandon Cooks has not done it in Dallas's system. Washington has. Mm-hmm. Washington has a, a coordinator. Washington has depth of receiver. We just don't know what the quarterback situation looks like. And then second, I would put Dallas and Eagles first in that regard. Yeah. I, I, I think you're I think that's fair. I, I do. I think it's fair. I think the top look, the top three, you're are strong. You're top heavy there. Uh with Washington, the Eagles, yeah. and and Dallas. They're all good, man. They're all really good. I, I'd be interested to see, you know, does the enemy have the same kind of effect on Washington's offense that Dable had? on the Giants offense last year. Yeah, yeah. Because he, you know, he he flipped that thing really quick there without he a lot did. of talent. Yeah, he did. I mean, and, and a lot again, a lot of what, what Dayball did with that offense was predicated on constant movement before the snap. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that really opened up a lot of things. Daniel Jones played his best football in, in the first year under Dayball. I would imagine that's only going to get better. I'm not about to sit here and say that uh Daniel Jones is going to elevate himself to one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I think he's serviceable. Yeah, um, he's teachable, obviously, and Dable knows how to put him in situations to succeed. Um, that that's huge. You know, it's, I think the thing with him, Derek, is if he takes care of the football, which he really did last year, he did not turn the ball over. He's he's very effective with his legs and can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Like he he's he can. He doesn't have to throw for for 300 yards in a game because he can get a combination of 150 throwing, you know, a, a get 100 on the ground or something, and that's where he really hurts you. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, you notice Daniel Jones didn't run as much last year. No, not yeah. quite as much. No, you're right. Still yeah. very effective with his legs, yes. but not, yeah, not quite as much. All right, let, let's get a quickie in here because we've got Anthony Sanfilippo coming up. We'll talk some. Uh, some fills with him. We get it back to the NFL at two o'clock. So we will dig in pretty heavily on that. Our greatest series continues today is the chargers, but we got Tom Brady news, Kadarius, Tony chiming in uh, jets update with Dalvin cook, Deandre Hopkins, Javante Williams, all kinds of stuff in store for you. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because knowing who to trust with your finances it's obviously critical. You work way too hard not to invest your money the right way to take care of yourself in the present or the past. I can tell you from personal experience, it took me a long time to find that right person. 
but Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are those right people. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody. Good to be hanging out with you. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We'll be joined momentarily. There he is by D Gun. I am Rob Ellis on this Monday. <laughs> what are you doing? What is going on here, man? You all right? 
It's a house of insanity. That's All what right. he is. Okay. All right. I thought I thought some aliens had abducted you, but now you're back. All right. He's Derek. I'm hey, Rob. Hey, yeah. Aliens wouldn't dare abduct. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the grandfather. The grandfather. Yes. Yes. I think the aliens have enough issues on their hands. They don't need you at this point. No, All they right. don't. Without further ado, uh, let's bring on our next guest. He does a great job covering not only the Flyers, but the Phillies for Crossing Broad. You can listen to his podcast, Know the Goalie, and uh, Crossed Up, uh, which is the Phillies podcast, which I love. He does a great job with that as well. That's Anthony Sanfilippo. What's up, Ant? How you doing, man? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Oh, what do we what do we have behind you? Is, is there yeah, lessons but, here? What is happening? Yeah, but, but first, I teach a class down at St. Joe's Prep in the summer. Okay, a uh, three week class, and today was day one. Oh. And so it's just kind of I do I put like a little challenge up on the board for the kids as they come into the classroom for the first time, and I don't even talk. I let them try and solve the problem on their own, uh, which is really kind of fun because they sit there for like the first five minutes <laughs> just staring at me, and I'm not talking back, and <laughs> they feel really intimidated, and it's great. It's awesome. Um, but then, then we have a lot of fun with it at the end. So nice. I just, just finished that class and, uh, now I'm hopping on with you guys. All right. You're squeezing us in. We do appreciate what it. I, what exactly do you teach and what age group? It's called, so the, so St. Joe's prep has a, uh, a program that's called prep you and it's for kids okay. preparing them for high school. Um, okay. so it's seventh and eighth graders that are in this program. Um, and the class that I take, they, it's called leadership, but it's more about, um, public speaking, group dynamics, and some creative writing, some things that you would need to eventually, you know, have good leadership skills and good communication skills, things that I don't think are really taught at that level uh, at many schools. So it's a, it's a really great offering that the prep has, and uh, I'm, I'm honored that I'm able to teach it now for my 12th year here at St. Joe's. So. Oh, wow. That's very cool, man. Very yeah. cool. Um, we'll, we'll get Gunner some help. Maybe he can join your class. With you. no, I'm, I'm hopeless at this stage. <laughs> Uh, old dog, new tricks, something like that. All right, so uh, let's talk some Phillies. And see, I'm, I know we we almost treat every Phillies game now like it's an Eagles game. People yeah. are, are maniacs if they lose a game, they lose their mind. And I know they lost lost the last two, and it wasn't pretty. I get it. My takeaway is 48 and 41, despite Turner being brutal. Nola, I mean, you don't know what you're getting start to start. Schwarber, you know, 185, 117 strikeouts. Generally bad fielding. Real Muto, 249. Like. I'm sure I'm missing a couple here, but like all in all, I think they're poised to have a really good second half and they're trending the right way at 23 and nine since June 2nd. What's your takeaway of what we've seen first half? Yeah. I mean, it's been kind of a a roller coaster of a first half, but the the fact that they've gone 23 and nine has put them in a position now where they can, you know, be going in the right direction in the second half. And I say that more so because the second half is laden with more home games they have a, a month in August where they play some teams that probably aren't the best teams in, in the National League. Um, so I think that there's some real opportunities for the Phillies to continue to have stretches that are, are of successful play. I mean, 23 and 9 is, is really good. I don't know if you can expect that every, you know, 32 games. But I don't, I don't think they will be too far off from it if you look at, like, the next 32 and then maybe the first part of the next 32 after that, right? I think, I think that there's a real opportunity for this team to, to really separate themselves a little bit in this wild card race. And I say that even more so because you mentioned all the players who have been, who have struggled to this point or, or have been below the bar, so to speak. And you look at those players and say, they have to turn it around at some point, right? I mean, they're, they, they are really good players who just have had a, 
rough or, you know, mediocre first half of the season, but they're such good players generally, they have to be better. And you have, you think they have to be better in the second half. So you put all those things together and I think it adds up really well. Like Rob, if you ask me today, who are the, who's the best team in the national league? I'm going to tell you it's the Atlanta Braves. If you ask me who the second best team in the national league is, I have a hard time putting anybody ahead of the Phillies right now. And that's, I know they just lost two out of three to the Marlins. And I know that, the, you know, uh, the Dodgers are there and then the Diamondbacks are ahead of them right now. And the Giants are a half game up. I, I look at those teams and I'm not convinced that the Phillies aren't more talented. And I think the Phillies path ahead is a little bit easier. And I would, I would say, you know, it's, it's a debate, but I think the Phillies might be in that debate for number two behind the Braves. All right. Since you guys are on this happy, happy, joy, joy journey with the Phillies, <laughs> let me let me bring it back to reality. Wah, wah. Yes. You let me just bring it back to reality sure. just a little bit. This team, talent wise, is too good to be only seven games above sea level. Mm-hmm. This team, talent wise, is too good to be only one game above sea level in home games. If they want us, this team is too good to have the volume of errors that they've had. This has been a consistent theme through what is, what have they played now? Um, 80, 89 games. Okay. Yeah. This team has too good on paper to be as mediocre as they've been in certain areas. And I agree with you guys in terms of when you look at what they're going to face coming out of the break, especially when you get into July and August, this is where they should make their moves. But Zach Wheeler, has not been a consistent dominant pitcher. Aaron Nola, I don't even know what planet he's pitching on half the time, to be honest with you. He's given up a home run in every outing he's been in except two this season. That's not the Aaron Nola. There's too many things that are holding this team back. Where at this stage of a season, this is where you – when you hit June, it's when you really start to separate yourselves from the haves and the have-nots. Phillies have not separated themselves yet. They had a great stretch against Tampa. You go on to Tampa and beat the best team, best home team in baseball and sweep them, you're doing great things. Then you go into Miami, which is a good team, but they're a spray-hitting team. They're one of the weakest hitting teams in the National League in terms of power-hitting teams. But they tattooed your top three pitchers. And that's my problem with this Phillies team. I can't get a gauge on what this team is and what they're not. And we're sitting here at 89 games talking about the same thing with this team. Derek, that's fair, but I would just counter it by saying you took four out of six on yes. a pretty difficult yes, swing there. Yes, it didn't did. end the way – you know, it was not a pretty ending. You're left yes, with a little bit did. of a bad taste in your mouth. But four out of six from that group, pretty darn good. No question. And he almost came close to getting swept down in Miami. True. You know. Yeah, no, I, I, look, Gunnar, I think I think that your your take is fair. I, I don't think that you're you're off on this. What I would say is and, – and I think that this is sometimes the men- – like what Rob said, the mentality where we get so caught up in the individual – games of themselves but if you really look at it from from a thousand feet up may was the only month that was bad they had a winning record in april they were excellent in june they're off to a decent start in july so really they had a one month stretch where they were not good and part of that was they didn't have a fifth starter and we're doing bullpen games and rotating any number of guys into that spot um, Ranger Suarez had just come back and wasn't quite up to the you know level that he was at in, in June. Walker wasn't very good in May as well. Um, so and I, I think that when you really kind of look at it and say, okay, did they have a stretch where there was 20-some games in May that they were not what they should be? There was. But on the whole for this season, I think the majority of the season, they've been the team 
that you would hope that they would be, maybe not individually, but collectively they have. As far as the pitchers go, and, and you, you bring them up, and, and I know everybody's down on, on both Wheeler and Nola, and I get it, and I understand why, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and defend them because they need to be better than they've been. Um, but I do think that we are overly critical of them. The, the mistakes that they're making, the problems that they're having are not mistakes or problems that are signs of decline or signs of, you know, just not being good or not mentally tough. I think pitching as a whole in baseball, if you look around the league, especially guys who are veteran pitchers who've been pitching in the major leagues for multiple years, they've struggled this year. And it's and I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, well, they can't pitch with the pitch clock, whatever, whatever it is. The, the way that the game has changed from a pitching perspective on, you know, you can't call off a pitch, really. I mean, maybe you can shake one off, but you can't shake off a bunch. Um, you know, you, you, you can only step off twice on a disengagement. You got to worry about runners stealing more. Um, the defensive shifts have changed. So they created this this opportunity for more offense the pitchers are going to be the ones bearing the brunt of that. Mm. And, you know, the fact when you, when you look at guys like Wheeler and Nola and look at their numbers overall, like I look at, you look at Nola and he's still top 10 somehow. Some, and I don't understand how this, how this is possible, but he's still top 10 in opponents on base percentage yep. against. Yeah. And he's better than Otani. Right. And all we hear about is how great Otani is. And Nola's better than Otani in letting fewer runners on base. He's been killed by the home runs, which is obvious, but you know, I think that you're seeing a lot of pitchers go through that, and I think that they'll they'll figure it out. I, you know, 15 starts is a lot of starts, but it's also not a lot of starts when you're asking them to completely change what they've done for their entire careers on the fly and figure it out. I, so I think that I'm more confident in these veteran guys on, on all teams, not just the Phillies, to, to kind of get back to closer to their baseline as the season progresses. And I think that the first half is a little bit more of an anomaly for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the issues are, are fixable here. And um, trade deadline, August 1st, not that far out, three weeks, really. Um, you had your druthers. What would you do? I would get a right-handed hitting outfielder who can play left field on the yep. regular. Yep. Um, and that's not a knock on – look, I like, I'm like. i a big fan of Christian Pache. I think that this kid yes. was a top prospect for a reason. For whatever reason, it didn't work in Atlanta. Oakland is a total train wreck, so obviously there's a reason it didn't work there. But – you know, getting in here and working with Kevin Long and, and, and feeling comfortable and you can see it in his exuberance and like the way he's playing now, I really think there's something there, but I still think they need more from the power department. And if Bryce Harper can play first base, and we're going to find that out here in the next week and a half, two weeks, um, if he can play that position with any type, type, any type of adequacy, a right-handed power bat to play left field and have Schwarber be your DH has to be priority number one. That said, I'm starting to worry a little bit about a couple of the arms in the bullpen. You got Alvarado back on the IL for the second time with the same yep. injury. Dominguez is going to be coming off, but he was even a little bit all over the place, you know, earlier. Kimbrell's been great, but he's older. Like, you know, Soto can be wild at times. These guys are really good. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Dombrowski goes out and gets a, another – back into the bullpen arm or maybe even two to kind of solidify that bullpen. And, and just in case things go wrong with injuries. Would you take Schwarber out of the leadoff? I'm tired of watching him in the leadoff spot. I I would Gunner, but I mean, I, you know, we don't, 
have a conventional lineup in baseball anymore, right? I mean, right. you know, I'm, I'm old school in the sense that I look at it and I say, look, Bryce Harper is not hitting home runs, but he's finding ways to get on base. Yeah. So let's take advantage of that, put him towards the top of the lineup, one or two, and then put guys who can hit home runs behind him. At least that way, if they run into a home run, look, if Schwarber's going to hit 185, okay, that's not great. But if he's going to hit 40 home runs, let there be guys who are getting on base in front of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would move Turner down at this point too. And, and, you know, it just, you just have to, I think, but they don't, you know, they're very opposed to moving guys out of spots They're very opposed to going with multiple lefties in a row because they bullpens can match up in that, and that thing. So, uh, you know, I would do it, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen at least not anytime right away soon. Now the the good news then is while the guys we just talked about are struggling, Stott's been awesome. Yep. Castellanos has had, you know, one of the all-time bounce backs that, you know, we've seen. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't think Kimbrough had this in him, like by any stretch. Um, so there have been other guys, even really even Marsh, Bohm with the RBIs. Other guys have really picked them up in a big way. Yeah. I mean, look, Bohm's been the one guy who hits with runners in scoring position. Yeah. Right. And the team on the whole doesn't. But he does. He's like 348, I think. Or I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't looked at the most up-to-date numbers, but somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Stott just Stott just find, finding ways to just get on all of it. Leads the majors in two-strike hits. That's an impressive thing to do for such an inexperienced player. I mean, really, when you think about it. Um, and he has that ability to slap it the other way. I, I think sometimes he gets a little bit too um, left-field you know, heavy mm-hmm. with his approach. But look, if you're going to get take two strikes and just – bang it over the third baseman's head, you know, 125 feet down the line. I'm cool with that. You know, yeah. it, it counts just as much as if you're pulling it through the hole. So he's been great too. And, and you're right. I mean, those guys have, have been the people carrying him. And Castellanos obviously is an all-star and deservedly so. Um, and I'm glad that they finally added Kimbrell because I think that, you know, for two months now, he's been maybe the best reliever in baseball. And, yeah. and, and it's, I'm glad that he's finally getting his due in that, in that regard as well. What do you think? What do you think turning it around for Kimbrell? Because early on in the season he was hot and cold, but all of a sudden his last thirteen closing appearance he has been rock solid, man. It's his breaking ball has been able to throw it for strikes, and that's really it. I mean, at the beginning of the season he was putting them in the dirt every time out, and so guys would just spit on it and then just sit on the fastball. And you know you can only throw so many fastballs in the strike zone until a batter's going to time it. I mean, you always hear batter some baseball hitters say, you know. Give us enough opportunities, we can time a jet plane and hit hit it on the nose, right? So, you know, eventually they're going to get around to those fastballs. But you have to be able to use your breaking ball to set up that fastball. And he's been able to throw the breaking ball for strikes, and it's been his, it's been the best weapon for him. As long as he can do that, he'll be just as dominant for the rest of the season in the back end. But you do have to be careful. I think the Phillies are very good about how they deploy the back end of their bullpen. I don't think they overuse those guys. Sometimes to the, to our frustration, we're sitting there saying, "Well, why aren't you going to Soto here? Or why aren't you going to Kimbrel here?" You know, but mm-hmm. you understand why because if you're playing the long game, you want these guys pitching like this in September and October more so than you want them pitching like this in early July. And if we're assuming the Harper thing isn't a big deal, he'll he'll be fine by the time Friday rolls around. Uh, yeah. Do you think it'll be that quickly that we see him at first, or will it maybe be the series after that? How do you how do you see that? I think up? it might happen in the look. Could it happen Friday? It could. I think that it might be Saturday, the okay. doubleheader. I mean, okay. I think get one of the two, right? So one of those games he throw <clears throat> he's doing it. Um, you, you probably you know maybe don't want to do it when you're going up against a, a ground ball pitcher, so you don't want to you know test him very much. Uh, you know, so maybe not the Suarez start. 
um, is, is maybe not, not, not that one, but I think that, I think you're going to see it. And I think you're going to see it pretty often. I, you know, maybe not against lefties, maybe against lefties bone plays there. And Harper goes back to DH because you can do some things with getting Pache into the lineup into the outfield. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to happen relatively quickly. I think it's going to be the first series this weekend. Anthony, are you comfortable with Harper playing first base? Because my biggest concern is him making the off-balance throws and not getting his body motion behind it where he would in the outfield. He's got to make the underhanded throws, the sidearm throws, um, and things like that. And and I have some concern about him playing uh, at first base on a regular basis, making a snap decision on certain throws. Yeah, I mean, he's been throwing from about 120 feet for a right. few weeks now, right? And so – you know, I stand out there, you know, when they're at the ballpark and, and we were out there and we talked to Rob Thompson uh, before the game and we watched BP and fielding practice. We watch him throw and it doesn't look – it looks effortless. I mean, in yeah. all honesty, it really does. It doesn't look like he's, you know, grabbing for the elbow or wincing or anything like that. I, I don't think Neil Elitrosh would put his reputation on the line and clear Bryce Harper to throw baseballs if he didn't think – he was clear to throw baseballs. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is the foremost Tommy John surgeon in America. He's not going to then suddenly say, oh, yeah, you can throw and see the guy, you know, re-tear it. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, why did you, why did I clear him? Right. I think he wants to be, he's going to remain that guy. I, I think that the Phillies are confident that he'll be okay. If once, if he's cleared, he'll be fine. Okay. All right, we got to get him back to class, Derek. He's got to get back. Mr. <laughs> San Filippo, <laughs> Professor San Filippo is back in class, so we yeah, got to let him right. go. We can't we can't hog up all his time. The youth of America would, that's would right. be would be damaged by this. But mm -hmm. Ant, listen, man, thanks for hopping on. Keep up the Appreciate good work. You, man. Uh, yeah. Check out Anthony's work, Crossing Broad, and of course uh, his Flyers coverage is is stellar as well, does a great job with the Phillies also. And we appreciate it, man. Thanks. Hey, anytime, guys. Love coming on. Be good, right. man. You got it. Right. That's Anthony Sanfilippo. Appreciate his time. All right, let me throw some names at you. Give me grades, Derek. All right? I want okay. you to give me some grades. Um, How would you grade Zach Wheeler? B. Okay. I'd probably go B minus. B. And I, I guess I'm being a little generous. I expected more of him, and I understand – you know, baseball, you know, individually, collectively, teams go through streaks, you know, weekly, seasonally, I get it. But I've expected more dominance from a Zach Wheeler. When you look at the the the, the array of pitches that he has, and he's been so good um, at, at hitting corners with his breaking pitches, has not been there consistently. So I, I, would, I would go B at the most with a Zach Wheeler. Nola. D. Yeah. I was going to go D um, plus C minus. Yeah, D. Um, um, I've, I think if you said which player has been the most disappointing, mm -hmm. I would have to say it has been Aaron Nola uh, because I've sat back through the years and watched this man pitch. And, man, when his breaking ball's on point, his entire array of pitches are a thing of beauty, the way he sets up hitters and the way he can he, – he, if you look at a lot of his strikeouts, he gets a lot of call third strikeouts because he has batters totally baffled. Or swinging at a lot of pitches out of the strike zone. You know, every pitcher has that one pitch they threw out of the strike zone on, 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 on uh, deliberately to see if they can get batters to go fishing. And he has been so good in the past at doing that. Not now. For whatever reason, you know, his breaking pitches sometimes hover over a plate like a flying saucer. Um, and they haven't had to snap on him consistently. His fastball has been getting, getting tattooed. Um, you know, and for a guy who's in line to make a big money contract, um, 
I think there's going to be a lot of serious discussion about, okay, what is he worth? Because this is not the Aaron Nola we expected. Okay. Um, let's go Kyle Schwarber. How would you grade him? Kyle Schwarber is what he is. He's a home run hitter who hits low average. So I'd give him, I'd give him a C plus, you know, I wish his batting average was a little bit better. Although in the last several weeks, we've seen him hit more singles than home runs. So he's not just relying on on trying to muscle the ball out of the field, but I would, I would hope he would hit for a guy that big with that kind of power that he would hit, hit, hit with more authority on a consistent basis, but he doesn't has way too many strikeouts for me at this stage of his career. So I'd say C plus at best for, for, for Schwarber. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think he's not that far off from what he usually is. It's a bit of an extreme this year, so I can't give him some terrible yeah. grade, but it's yeah. it's it's got to be relatively close. Um, Stott. I'd give this kid a high B plus. I think he's been consistent. I've talked about it a number of times. It doesn't make a difference where you put him in the lineup. He makes contact. He puts the ball in play. He's smart on the bases. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes in the field. Um, I think he has been in a, for a guy who has as limited amount of experience at this level as he does. I think he's been a, a really good bright spot for this team up to this point. Yeah, I think he's an A. I think he's been awesome. Um, Turner. Um, I'm hovering around B minus C plus. Wow, you're generous. I'm, I would go D on Trey Turner. Um, I'm disappointed. The average isn't higher. Um, his his fielding has been. His fielding has been less than stellar. What does he have? 10, 11 errors, 11 errors so far. Yeah. We're not even aware at the halfway point. Yep. Um, it's it's kind of like Castellanos part two from last year. Um, we know it's there and we've seen stretches where he's hitting the ball to all fields. You know, he's running the base as well. But then again, he goes into these tailspins, you know, where mm-hmm. he doesn't can't find himself at the plate, makes errors that where he should be making routine plays. You know, <clears throat> the one error he made yesterday, the ball kind of caromed off his glove and went to the left field. That happens. Yeah. In terms of ground balls and getting in front of the balls, um, I thought he would be a lot better at it. I thought he would have a few more stolen bases at this point. Obviously, if you're not getting on the base pass, you're not, you are not have the, the potential to steal. Mm-hmm. So maybe I am being a little generous with him. But, you know, when we're, we're talking with you and Anthony about things that correct them that can correct themselves in the second half of the season. I still have high hopes for him that he'll turn it on eventually. Hopefully these next four days off will give him a chance just to sit back, breathe, reflect, look at a lot of tape, uh, both offensively and defensively and correct the problems for the second half. All right, boom. Uh, I, I would go B plus a, where would you go with boom? Uh, guys driven in a lot of runs, <clears throat> done a nice job in the field too. We, we don't worry about him like we used to in the field. Yeah. That's for sure. Solid third base. Um, good hitter. I, I'm right there with you. I put him, I give him a high B. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's been what you hope for. Um, he's been steady. Has had a number of big hits for this team this season. I think it was either team leader in RBI. If I'm not he is. Okay. So that says a lot about where he is right now. So I'm going to, I'll go B plus on him. Yeah. He's been very, very good. I mean, you look at what he's been able to do. So he's driven in 57 runs. Yeah. The only guy be, so let's go there. Castellanos 301 average 344 on base 496 slug 840 OPS 55 runs driven in 13 home runs, 104 hits. Emphatic A. Yeah. hundred percent. Emphatic A. 
Uh, he has been to me the most, the most consistent guy at the plate for this team all season. Um, hits with power, hits, hits to all fields. Uh, doesn't make mistake in the fields. Makes very few mistakes in the field. Um, he has been, he has been back to that guy. We hope he would be last year. He's, he's that guy he was a couple of years ago. So he's a solid A for me. He's been awesome. I mean, he's been, and I, if I had to give like a general grade for the bullpen, strong B plus, they, they have done a, a, an excellent job for this team this year. They got some flamethrowers on it in that bullpen. Um, they struggled early on in the season, yeah. but they found their way. They found their way and they have been shut down lights out in some crucial situations this year and closing the doors on opponents. Uh, I'm with you right there with that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, give them give them props because I think part of the issue early was they were overused too. You know, the, the starters weren't pulling their weight, yeah. and that affected them in a big way. But the nice thing is, they've gotten really. I want to get to one more. Let me give you one more before I get to the point I was just going to make. Uh, Real Muto, Real Muto uh, is hitting two forty nine. Derek, uh, you know, it, it, he is very very streaky, or at least has been thus far at the plate. You know, we know what he brings defensively, which is excellent. But two forty nine for him in the C plus, yeah, you, you got to count his defense in there for me, and that's yeah. why he's that's why he's C plus for me. C yeah. plus, I expected more from him at the plate. Yep, um, his defense is a given. Arm strength throw on the second is a given. Quick release, um, yeah, yeah, quick release, cannon for an arm. Um, but in terms of at the plate, uh, you're right. The, the, the best way to describe him is streaky. Mm-hmm. You know, you it, just when you're about to utter, utter the words. Okay, he's finally found his groove again. Now it goes back into these tailspins, like a Bryce Harper swinging yeah. the pitches he shouldn't swing at. You know, striking out more frequently than he should, popping up. You know, um, that's been a disappointment. Never disappointed in his defense. His offense though leaves me wondering. You know, a lot of times more so than coming away pleased by what he's produced at the plate. Harper. You know, came back two months early. Um, really, the numbers aren't bad. I, I mean, if you, I'm going to take the power out for a minute, which we'll get into. But if you look at it, Derek, 290 average, 386 on base, 400 slug, 786 uh, OPS. Um, you know, which are pretty solid numbers, certainly. But the problem is it's three home runs, and he hasn't hit a home run since May. So where would you grade Harper? You know, I – uh, you asked me. You asked me about Harper last week, and I will say the same thing. As long as he put, he's putting the ball in the field of play, moving runners, which he's been doing. Right. I'll take that Bryce Harper. Do I want to see him clear the wall more frequently? Yes. Hasn't had a home run since May twenty fifth. I get that. That's not Bryce Harper. Um, you wonder if, if if any if to any degree extending the arm in his swing is affecting him. I think he swings at way too many balls out of the zone. Yeah. I think he's pressing so much that he's chasing pitches he normally wouldn't wouldn't chase. But for me, Bryce Harper is still a solid B. You cannot equate his defense because he's not out there. But in right. terms of at the plate, I still say he's a solid B because he's had some key hits and key situations for this team. You know, singles, doubles. You know, he's hit a few off the wall that, that you thought would go out. I know, um, but they they haven't. You know, for whatever whatever the case may be. But he's a solid B for me. Okay. All right. Um, we threw the uh, the email address up there a little bit earlier. Sportstakejacob at gmail.com. That's how you can hit us up. So, Tone, we got we got a couple uh, photos from, from uh, Chris D. 
in Lisbon. So there you look at that. Look at that structure behind hey, it. Hey. That looks awesome. So she's that looks like the Great Wall of China. Really? I'm telling you. So she's in Portugal now. That's where she ended up. Uh, she she's moved to. Look wow. At the, look at that. That's cool, man. That's she awesome. Looks, man. She looks like she is adventurous. You know what I mean? She looks like she's always out having a good time, willing to, to wow. try different things, you know, in, in terms of, you know, geography. And, you know, she was in Hawaii for a long time, but now she's out there uh, doing her thing in Portugal and getting used to the, uh, to the, to the, to the new, you know, her new surroundings. That's awesome. Good for her. Good for you, Chris. Yeah. So if you guys want to send us anything, sports take Jacob at gmail.com. We always love to see what you guys are up to. That's the other thing. Like you did something cool this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you know, send it to us. Uh, we're we're yeah, like put on a, a frozen wig or something like that. <laughs> I thought when I, I first Tone, can we see that again? When I no. first yes, no. when no. I first saw it, I thought it was like a George Washington wig. That's a I thought you were going like colonial days. No, it was a part of the two year old's uh, frozen. She had my daughter bought her the full dress, the frozen dress. Let me tell you, around she was strutting around like she was Princess Diana. Oh yeah, like yeah. oh she was in her glory uh, uh -huh. wearing that thing. There it is. <laughs> yes. It, look, uh -huh. and you can see you can see I have a baby pouch of fruit in yeah. one hand, yeah, a book in another hand. The the, the 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 ten month old grandson, eleven month old grandson, and a frozen wig on. And I took it off. We took it. They took it off her head, and she was like, "Give me that. Give me that." <laughs> so I didn't have it for long. But she loved that wig. Oh, I love it. You're in your. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Glory, man. You love it. Um, all right. Let's uh let's step aside. Let's talk some NBA when we get back a little bit further into the Sixers coming up at two o'clock, our NFL segment. Uh, like I said, we'll get in a little Tom Brady, uh, a little DeAndre Hopkins. Jets may be the leader in the clubhouse for Dalvin Cook. We'll get into all those kind of things. Plus, our greatest series continues with the San Diego slash LA Chargers. We'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Talking to a person this weekend who had flooding in their basement with some of these bad rains that we were getting. And I uh, I gave them the information for pro-action restoration and the rest is history. And uh, it could have been a better situation for them. So here's the deal. Uh, we get some crazy weather this time of year. So if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through the inconvenience of whether it's water, you know, any kind of flooding in your house, God forbid, a fire or smoke damage, mold damage, whatever the case may be, you know, you're not equipped to handle that kind of stuff, nor should you be. But ProAction Restoration is. They are on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I went through it on a Saturday. 
they got right out. That's the beauty. Whether it's a Saturday, it's a holiday at night, at night they're on call 24-7. So you can call them at any time or reach out to them at any time. ProAction Restoration, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. They will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. back what's up everybody appreciate you hanging out that's Derek Gunn I'm Rob Ellis on this Monday Monday July 10th unbelievable we are uh yes I figured out I just got a text from my son-in-law Josh 
I see they showed you my surprise on your show. You're welcome. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> How did Josh get this to you guys? Can't tell you. He kept telling me, he kept telling me yesterday here, I got a surprise for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I'm like, okay. He never said anything when we left. I'm thinking, okay, whatever it was, wasn't that important. Now I'm trying to figure out how he got you the picture. You're going to have to do some detective work. That's how you, you're going to have to. That's okay, because you know how he likes to instigate with me. He always takes my wife's side when it comes to stuff, like when my wife wants to make a purchase or do painting or change a room. Yep. He always says, you know what? He, he throws stuff out there like that. You never take care of your wife. Oh, why, why do you always try to keep her down? So every chance I get with my daughter, I do the same thing with him. You promised me you would take care of my daughter and treat her like the princess that she in is. Sickness and health till death was far. Well, yeah, and, you know, you treat her, you treat her like a second class citizen. I do it in front of my daughter. Oh my and, you know, god! So my daughter just looks at me and he's like, "I said, hey, what's good for one is good for another." Yep. So now I got to figure out. Okay, let's see what the tone say here. Let's see what the tone put in. Here. A true producer never reveals his tricks and exactly treats. right. Okay. okay, exactly right. That is correct. Um, by the way, I, I'm excited about this, uh, this new Netflix documentary on quarterbacks. Have you seen this? I have not. They, they, I think they, the first trailer Netflix has put out the trailer on, uh, on social media. And I think, uh, Pat McAfee ran the trailer on his show, but it, it looks pretty good. It's called quarterback. It's the new docu series following, um, Mahomes, uh, cousins, uh, Marcus Mariota. It, it, it premieres on Wednesday. Really? I don't know what. Yeah, it's from last year. Obviously, I don't. Okay. I don't know how much you're going to get out of the Mariota part of it, but whatever. Uh, it, it, it's getting pretty good reviews. Like people who have who have seen clips of it uh, said, it's pretty darn good. So how many how many parts is it? Do you know? I don't know how many parts there are altogether, but it, I know it starts Wednesday. So I'm I'll be on it. That's for sure. Um, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I got to see that. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, Still, I'm not seeing the Schwarzenegger one you've been talking. Oh, about. Oh, you got to watch that, man. You'll love it. I'm telling you. It, it, the the I re I, I thought the first two. It's three episodes. It's easy. It's like three one hour episodes. But the first two are killer. The second one's good. It's not as good as okay. the other two. But you'll like the first one is all is is early years, and then the second one is is making it in Hollywood, and that's you go behind the scenes with like Terminator and Predator and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I won't be getting to see it tonight because I just got a notification a few hours ago. My daughter, can you keep the two kids overnight tonight? Well, I, I, I couldn't get anybody to work for me. You know, she's an RN and her husband is already scheduled to work. Uh, so She's pulling a double? No, no, she didn't no. work yesterday. It was just that um, she was trying to get this day off because she needed us later in the week. So now I get the little darlings twice this week. <laughs> the little darlings. Yeah, that sounds sincere. Uh, so we know you're going to be up all night and yeah, sleeping on the floor. Okay. All right. Oh, oh man. All right. So uh, Sixers real quick, because we, we did touch on it off the top, but it's uh, a, a weird setup here with what's going on. And you're trying to figure out exactly, you know, what they're doing. The interesting thing, one of the interesting things from this past weekend was, so Michael Rubin had another gathering out in Vegas with the summer league and the league announcing a tournament they're going to have that's in season. And uh, Rachel Nichols caught up with Joel Embiid and, he basically said, I'm hoping James Harden stays. He said, look, I get it's a business, but I want the guy to stick around and stay. Um, I, I don't know, Derek. I, I just feel like at this point, with when a guy has his, has one foot out the door and once out, 
and you know you're doing the whole sort of like begging him and cajoling him to stay I, I think it's already over at that point but it, it seems like the Sixers are legitimately going to try to keep him around and, and run this thing back yeah based on what Joel said and I don't like to read between the lines but just based on what he said uh, that to me is con- confirmation that James wants out for whatever reason you know we we heard that he he once he opted in, he voiced his displeasure with the Sixers for whatever reason, and it seems that he hasn't changed his stance one bit. And Joel's just crossing his fingers, hope they can find a way to keep James here. Um, I do still think they're they're pondering a move of some kind to to send James on his way, because if they're stuck with James this year, I think he could be a disgruntled player. And you don't need that when you're trying to build and get this team to the next level. And just by looking at the roster right now, it doesn't look like a next-level roster. Um, I just hope they find a way to move move out from under James, and whatever happens, happens. You know, if they win more games than all of us are anticipating, great. If they don't, well, the ray of sunshine is next summer they have a lot more room in the cap, in, in the cap department um, and can, can do some more significant things to make this team better. Yeah, they, they introduced Patrick Beverly today. Uh, he's been one of the additions. They've lost George Niang. They lost Jalen McDaniels. Yep. Uh, they've lost other pieces. The, the big news, if you're, if you're just jumping on, we talked about it earlier, but they did match the offer sheet that the Jazz gave to Paul Reed. So he will be back. Um, here's, here's the thing about Patrick Beverly. Um, yep. I think he's a very good ball player. I just can't believe he's bounced around as much as it has. And that's the question. But why is he bounced around? He's a scorer. And I tell you what, he's not shy about being verbal. You know, I'll give him that. Um, he'll he'll speak up when he has to. How will that fit into this group of a, a bunch of guys, basically, that don't say a whole lot? Um, that's going to be interesting. But now you have P.J. Tucker and Patrick Beverly, two guys who are not afraid to speak their minds. Maybe that's what Nick Nurse wants on his team. Who yeah, knows? I, I think he realizes – he needs some of those dudes. Like he needs somebody to shake some things up and, and get into somebody's grill a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think he Tucker will do that. Uh, Beverly will do that, but you know, let's face it. We all love uh, Tyrese Maxey. He's just, he's too much. It's not his personality. He's not that right. kind of guy. Harden's no. not that kind of guy. And B really isn't that kind of guy. Um, I'm just trying to get who else, who else here. Tobias isn't that kind of guy. No. You need you need some of those sort of dogs, some of those guys who who aren't afraid to to mix it up. And they we saw, use a couple more. In fact, we saw ISO shots of PJ Tucker getting in people's grills during the pay, playoffs, on timeouts on the bench. You need more of that, you know. And and maybe maybe that's what 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 Nurse has said. Hey, this is what I need. This is the kind of mentality I need in my locker room. You know, we'll see. Now, for players who are not used to being chastised and, and, and verbalized, we'll see how they respond. Will they rise to the occasion? Will they shut down even more? Will it cause a lot of friction and tension that we're going to hear about eventually throughout the course of the season? Big question mark. Huge. I know. No, listen, you're right. I, I I sit here right now, and I, I'm trying to give I'm trying to give Daryl Morey the benefit of the doubt, and 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 think that he can't possibly, under any circumstance go into this year and just sort of try to run it back. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, at least right now. Um, does it look good? Like he's got some great grand plan. No, it doesn't look good. I, I don't know. 
I, I still think Harden's going to get traded. I do. I think Harden's going to get traded, and and I think they're they're going to it's going to be the Maxi and Bead show. They very well could keep Harris around, and he'll they'll just let him sort of ride it out, or maybe trade him right at the deadline, and just get the money off the books. The Harding the Harding comment you just made is it a <clears throat> professional opinion or is it a no. per- personal desire? No, no, it's it's actually it is actually professional opinion. It's it's I yeah. I don't think that. I think they realize, and and if anybody knows him, it's Daryl Morey. And Daryl Morey knows when Harden goes into, I'm out of here. I've checked out on on a place. It can be nuclear. You know, he he's not a humble, mild mannered, just going to kind of do his thing. You know, he he can he can become fat suit James. He can, he can become just I, I don't really care fat James. James fat suit. You remember he did that. <laughs> you remember in Houston. You remember that? So he's like, he he shows up and he looks like he's he's thirty pounds heavier than he was. Yes, yes. Suddenly he's in Brooklyn and he didn't look as fat. Like people really think that he had like something underneath his jersey <laughs> that he put on. But anyway, um, I just I don't think it generally goes well when he's checked out. But maybe maybe Maury feels like if there's anybody who convince him, it's me. And Joel's got his back, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I mean, they were all together at that white party. Whatever that is, whatever whatever went on there. All I know is, man, Michael Rubin throws an awful lot of parties. Yes, he does. I'm telling yeah. you. Like seriously, how much do you think that white party cost? Oh my goodness! With the let's see the guest list, couple hundred thousand, right? Getting more than I, I say more than, and I'm sure that, that when you think about the high caliber of of beverage as well as food there, because when you got people like Jay Z coming into your parties. I mean, you put out caviar, lobster, shrimp. You're not just putting out, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs, you know, for that crew. No, I would no. say, I say, it could be closer to a half million for these parties. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I don't know that if that was his house or a place he rented out. I don't know, uh, but between that, probably real high end liquor, uh, super high end food. You're right. It's he isn't doing like, hey, who, who's ready for a who's ready for a brat? You know, he, you're getting something really heavy. And the catering alone is costly. When you think about, it, you got to mass produce that much food probably for a couple hundred people. And he's probably taking care of like shuttles from wherever yeah. they're staying yeah. Yeah. to his place and back. There, there, there's that or, way. There's no liability with you know drinking and driving and all that. Or private car service. That too. Yeah. yeah. For the big big names, they ain't, they ain't taking no shuttle. We're talking private car. Here's service. the other thing I always wonder about with this stuff. Look, these people are uh, the rich, uh, extremely rich. They're elite in terms of money. Do they fly in on their own dime or does he cover that too? I can't imagine he's picking up the airfare. No, I think his name is so big and his parties are so prominent. People will pay their own dime just to be a part of it. If they're invited yeah. to be a part of it, will pay their own dime to get there. But then they get all these perks when they get there. You know, hey, we'll take care of you getting to and from it. You don't have to worry about it. You need a security detail. We got you covered in that regard. I, and that's another thing. You know, there's a security detail there for those parties. Because right. they ain't letting any paparazzi just jump on, on the premises yep. and take all the pictures they want. So how much is that costing you as well? I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Let me give you a couple things from uh, Patrick Beverly, who met with the media today. He said, quote, obviously, you have an MVP in Joel Embiid on your team. You have a guard in James Harden. You have a young guard in Maxi." Obviously, I wouldn't even put Tobias as a role player. I think he's a star in the making. 
uh, to that next level superstar, depending on the situation. I mean, you put them all on one team. You had obviously new coaching. You had the dog mentality of me and PJ Tucker around young guys to kind of mold them on how to be pros in this league. I think a lot of teams in the NBA wish they had what the Sixers had. I agree with that. But what did I say a few moments ago? Him and PJ Tucker are not going to be quiet. And I guarantee you, Nick Nurse is going to give them the green light to speak up. And how will that affect certain players? What if they get in Joel Embiid's grill? You know, there's games when he shuts down. What happens if you get in his grill? Yeah, like that's the thing. And, and that's that's a good point, Derek. Like if PJ Tucker's a starter, Patrick Beverly's going to be coming off the bench, right? If you're, can he get in, can he get in Embiid's grill? I mean, an, an MVP who's out there playing 38 minutes a night and you're playing whatever, what does he end up playing? 20? I don't know, whatever he plays, 20, 22 minutes. No. He could do, I look, I think he could get on Maxi, right? And I think Maxi is, is this is another thing that's great about Maxi is he takes to that kind of stuff. He, he's not a powder. Like, no. you remember, remember Embiid and, and some of those guys, you'd say like, come on, blah, blah, you know, like really talking yeah. to him, Doc yep. would get on him. Yep. So I think he would respond well to that. I don't know. I don't know that Pat Bev is getting in James Harden or, or in beats, you know, or Harris for that matter's grill. Let's be real. I don't know about Harden. Um, I, I think Harden would, would jaw Jack back more so than anything else. I think Embiid's comments would be more calculated. But you're talking about questioning the efforts of the franchise player who is now your reigning MVP as well. Joel is not used to uh, uh, anybody other than a coach maybe getting on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he would would handle that if a teammate gets in his grill. But now that you have P.J. Tucker and Patrick Beverly, and as I said, both two guys who are not afraid to speak up, things can be a little different. It could be a little tense, a little more tense in that locker room, depending on how some of these guys respond negatively and positively to being browbeat by somebody like that. Yeah. But, but that said, you know, that the dog mentality thing applies not just to your teammates, but also maybe, maybe the Sixers are a little bit, were a little bit too nice in a lot of ways to, to the opponent, you know, w- weren't quite angry enough, weren't quite willing to, to get under the that. skin. You know what I mean? Like that's where I think it's big. Cause Tucker will, Tucker will take you out and Beverly, we know he will get in guys grills and, and get them out of their game maybe a little bit. So I, I think that's yeah. where they, that's valuable. I just find it interesting that a guy who averages two points a night has such a verbal uh, a presence in a PJ Tucker. <laughs> yeah, some he would. There were some box scores where you're like, "Wait, he played how many minutes and didn't even attempt a field goal?" You're like, yes. "What?" Yes. Yeah, I know. But I know. But you know, he's he's been around the league. He's known as a solid player, especially defensive specialist, and he's had that green light to speak his mind, and I can see it happening even more so now uh, coming up this season if things start going south. Mm. But that's the thing, though. Like, you knew when you when you recruited him and when you brought him in that he wasn't going to give you, you know, monster scoring nights. I, I had just hoped for, a like, a that much more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a, a little bit more. I, see, what he needs to do is knock down some of those threes in the corner. That's what he needs to yes, do. Yes, yes. See, Tone yeah. says Beverly will go up, go at and beat. I have no, zero doubt about that. I agree. There's a reason Beverly's been brought in here beyond his his basketball athleticism. There needs to be if you're going to be a defensive minded team, you need tougher mentally players. Yeah, Patrick Beverly fits that category. Now, Pep, Beverly 
will get in the grill of not only his teammates, but he'll stir up some stuff with opponents as well yeah. throughout the course of a game. So uh, Beverly, Beverly also, some people view him as a recruiting tool to keep uh, Harden here. They're friendly, obviously. Uh, he said, quote, James, I love you, bro. Stay. So I, I don't know that Patrick Beverly's presence keeps Harden here, but he's trying, at least publicly he's trying. Well, I mean, this team is better off with and beat than without. But I think this is a definitive season in terms of yeah. how much further can we go with Embiid? Have we gone as far as we can go with him? While he's passed, he passed that 30 threshold next summer, is now a prime time. You might get that itch. Is now the time that we try to make a move for him and rebuild this thing without him here? And, you know, the haul we could get for him, if we can just find a center, if we can make the four of the starters better and have a center that's good but not great. Yeah. Is, is that the way to go? I mean, hey, look. I think, Derek, I think they're one year out from Embiid maybe pressing the issue to get out of here. I think they're well, one year I mean, out. Look at Boston. Boston didn't have a dominant center, but look at the pieces they had around the center. That's what makes Boston as tough as they are. Yeah, and I can see that Sixers trying to emulate something like that if they decide next summer. Oh yeah, or be- before this season's training deadline, even if they can make their product that much better without Embiid. If Embiid is holding them back to where they want to go, if they identify that as crazy as it sounds, at what point do you put Embiid out there on the market to see what, who might bite? It's a great question. Look, Sills uh, jumps in. Uh, Maury's made zero impact as an NBA GM. The dude's a bum. I, I think he's overrated. I, I do. I think he's overrated. Uh, he didn't win it in Houston. You know, he comes here as this sort of, you know, like, I don't say boy wonder. He's not a kid. But, like, you know, as this this guy who's ahead of the curve and everything. Yeah. And and ultimately, they haven't been able to get past where they were in the second round. No, they haven't. No. So, you know, it's – you know, we would talk about guys like Jaden Springer, who who were, who were, was a first-round pick who's made zero impact. We just sort of gloss over that and look at some of the other stuff. He's he's brought in Harden, and now Harden either wants out or might be go, you know, or might walk at the end of this year. And and we who knows what you're going to get out of him if he's stuck here in a situation that he doesn't love. I mean, like there's a lot, there's a lot to it, man. Um, it's a, a soap opera, basically. It is. It is. I, Eric, I, I I swear to you, man, I I wish more of the Sixers. And granted, it's always entertaining for us to talk about. So I don't want to come off like a total hypocrite. Like a, we we always talk about everything when it comes to the Sixers too. But I wish it was more about winning than than all the drama. Yeah, it feels like yeah. it's always drama with this team. It's just it's tiresome. It really is. And it's like, okay, great. So you know, you got these these pieces assembled, and maybe we'll be able to talk hard. Even even if Harden wanted to be here, you're still basically the same team you were last year. And that wasn't good enough. And let's mm-hmm. not forget the way it ended, the way both he and Embiid laid down. There's no getting around that for me. I can't get that out of my mind. The, a game seven on your home court, well, on their home court, but you didn't even show up. Yeah. You're, you two, of the higher, you're two of the higher paid players in the league, not your team, in the league. You didn't even show up. Uh, you took a vacation one game early. And got embarrassed. You did. You did. And you decided you were just going to take your ball and go home. So Tone says every time I see Springer, he looks electric. We're watching different guys. He can defend and he can jump, but he can't shoot. 
he can't shoot. He can't. He doesn't score yeah. well enough for me. But I, I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping somebody up. blossoms here. I'm hoping one of these guys they got, you know, as an undrafted free agent or something. And, and trying to judge anything from these summer league games is so difficult because a like lot of it. Football. What's the problem? A lot of it is just like guys aren't playing team ball. They're like black holes. Like you try, you pass it to him, and the guy it's not coming back because he wants to get his because he wants to impress. You know, the, the, uh, the, the, any team, if not that team, he wants to get some tape for another team. So it's a hard, it's hard to gauge much out of these summer league games. That's for sure. All right, let's step aside and let's come back to talk some NFL. Um, kind of a hodgepodge here. we got Tom Brady stuff, Kadarius, Tony, uh, Dalvin cook, potentially Deandre Hopkins, potentially Javante Williams, our greatest series with the chargers. We'll do all of that. When we come back, don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about our friends at Flynn Tree Service. Yes, they are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees and serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call. 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. 
Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We are back. Yes, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Monday. Hope you're doing great out there, folks. All right, let's talk a little NFL, Gunner. Um, let's do it. So Tom Brady lost uh, $30 million in uh-huh. this, uh, this FTX crypto, basically which what turned out to be a scam and just fell into the abyss. He was uh, invested, not only had, in, you know, he was invested in it, he was also a spokesman for it and a spokesperson for it, uh, along with others, uh, Shaq and, and, you know, among others who were, who were spokespeople for it. Um, so I get, like, your first, the, the first time you hear that, you're like, all right, big deal. You know, it's a drop in the bucket for Tom. But right. 30 million is 30 million, you know, first of all. Um, secondly, part of the other issue is, there are people who invested in this and got involved in this based off of Brady and these folks who were spokespeople because they thought it was legit. So they're now, in addition to losing the 30, he's being sued by people also. Ooh. Yeah, man. Not just him, but, you know, others as well. How does his representatives not check this thing out more thoroughly? I mean, obviously, people have gotten scammed through, you know, with the pyramid scams and stuff like that. Yeah. But. How did you not check this out more thoroughly? Now, obviously, he believed in this thing beyond a shadow of a doubt. You invest $30 million. Not 30000 not 300000 You invested $30 million in this thing. Okay, and that's money you're not getting back. Now, with Tom Brady, as crazy as it sounds, you lose $30 million, It hurts a little bit. Tom Brady's going to make that money back and then some in right. other ventures, endorsements, and other things outside interest. But – I'm surprised his, his representative, his agents, his business advisors didn't check this thing out more thoroughly before making that kind of individual investment and putting him up there as a prop spokesman to where now people are coming at him. You know, when Tom Brady puts his name on something, you know, other big name people and other people who are business people we don't know about. Wait, if Tom Brady's in, I'm all in. You know, Tom yeah. Brady knows how to make money. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a mess. Things- so here's what here's what it was so it was a cryptocurrency company ftx and i'm not going to pretend to to know all the ins and the outs of of crypto and all that okay but he was a he was an ambassador and under the the agreement he got uh this was in 2021 from ftx he received 30 million in now worthless stock for his work pitching the company in tv ads uh and at its conference in step with him at the time was Giselle. They were still married at the time. She got 18 million in stock. Uh, the people who were the endorsers, um, and by the way, the, the, the CEO of this of this company that's now folded is up on federal fraud related charges. 
So it was Brady, uh, Bunchen, Shaq, Larry David, uh, Naomi Osaka, Steph Curry were, were among the people here who have been sued. None of these defendants, according to the lawsuit, none of these defendants performed any due diligence prior to marketing these FTX products to the public, according to the lawsuit obtained by the New York Times. It was filed in Florida. Before the collapse of FTX, it was valued at $32 billion, including $48 million in, in shares by Brady and Bunchen. And now it has zero value whatsoever. So this How is it valued at $32 billion if the company was a startup and had no history? Is that based on just the volume of investors that they had? I believe so. I believe so. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Not pretty, man. See, a, lot of, a lot of people in, in ventures like that, even if they're well off, they're not making that money back. That's a huge loss. But like I said, people like a Tom Brady or Steph Curry, endorsements, other things, shoe endorsements, commercials, they're going to make their money back. Oh, sure they will. But others, <laughs> others won't. Yeah. No. Others no. are screwed. Yeah. Dan says that, that the guy I was referring to, Sam uh, Bankman, uh, fried the CEO and actually rang the bell to open the uh, New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, wow. <laughs> It's hey, an still, ugly one. So yep. you got deep pockets, man. How much did you invest in this thing? <laughs> uh, yes, Dan. How much did you invest? But he, he said that the New York Stock Exchange valued it. So massive failure from the checks and balances for the SEC. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we've seen these kind of things before. I, that, that's another one to watch, Derek, if you haven't watched it. And I, I, I forget if it was on Netflix or not. But the uh, if you get a chance to check it out, it's really, really well. Now I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name who screwed everybody. The, uh, um, oh my, Bernie Madoff. So that watch the Bernie Madoff documentary, and it really walks you through how how he started, and what the scam was. It's really fascinating. It really is. Uh, he still says, if I can't hold it, I don't invest in it. I agree with that. I, I'm I'm big on that as well. Um, so anyway, there that's Brady's situation. So on top of that. Um, Kadarius Tony, you remember he was just a, a failed pick of the Giants. Oh, yeah, you know, it didn't work out. He ends up in Kansas City and he ends up winning a Super Bowl and he contributed. He had a big part return, you know, no, nobody's denying that. Um, but we, we can't show it. But he, he, I guess he what was he made this video? Was it a TikTok? I don't know what it was where he's in like it's sort of like silhouette, but you know, it's him and he's talking about how, um, you know, everybody's talking trash. You know, how you like me yeah. now, Giant. Yeah. All of a sudden, like my thing is, like, dude, you you stunk with the Giants. Just be fortunate you are where you are. You, you don't need to badmouth them out the door. You underperformed there. There's no other way to put it. Um, I wonder why he didn't pan out with the Giants. It's because he was in a system that was not conducive for him. Um. When he was, was that the year prior to Debo getting there? Yeah. Um, and, and some of Debo last year, right? And, and last some, year. Yeah, some of it last year. <clears throat> um, you look at it, I mean, this guy was the first round pick, the 20th pick overall. Um, and, and his first season in the NFL was still his best season. But, you know, he's only played, he played in 10 games the first season, only two to second and seven, at, and, and well, total of nine games because the Giants – he only played in, in 19 games in three seasons so far. Yep. So he's been hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. He has two career touchdown passes in a regular season. 
So why didn't he pan out? What did the Giants do for him? Obviously, he fit better into the Kansas City system. But you know what? Walk humble, walk humble, young man. Um, you know, it's not given that you're going to be there. You're not Justin Jefferson, okay? It's not a given that you can write your own ticket in the National Football League. You have talents, yes. He had a huge punt return in the Super Bowl, yes. But you got to prove it between the stripes, game in and game out. And for you to take a shot at an organization that drafted you in the first round, um, and who knows, push comes to shove, you might have to look at that organization as a, a team to go back to down the road. You got to be a little bit more careful, whatever whatever you're saying about your, your former employer, um, because you're in a small fraternity. It's only 32 of these teams, man. And there's new receivers coming out every day. I understand you're excited about getting your ring and you're happy where you are now, but you got to pick and choose your words more wisely. Yeah. Uh, until you prove yourself at this level. Yep. Hard guy to root for. I, yeah. I, I could tell you that much. Um, all right. Beyond that. So Javante Williams of the bank of the Broncos says, uh, even though he, he, I think he tore his ACL week four, he's ready to go. Uh, no limitations. He's ready to rock and roll when camp starts, and he is one absolutely will be 100% come, come week one. I, I would say of any team out there, Derek, and, uh, and this goes for the entirety of the NFL. Right, right. The most interesting team to me to watch just out of a curiosity right, is the Broncos, is to see just how quickly Peyton gets Russell Wilson, if he can, right it, and how mm. that offense functions because, you know, like the defense is good. And there's talent there offensively, but it was so bad last year. How quickly does he have them up to speed? I, I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I, I agree. And, and to say that in the conference they're in and hone in on the division they're in, I don't think they're going to um, unseat Kansas City as the premier team in that division. But when you look at – we talked about this last week. You look at the potential playoff teams in the AFC. Every team in the AFC East – at least three teams in the North. Every team has a capability in the South. I mean, the West and at least two teams in the South. And, and we sit here and we say emphatically, and I, and I agree with you just because of the presence of Sean Payton, who has Russell Wilson. We know what Russell Wilson is capable of doing when his game is on point. He is surrounded by marquee talent, deep, deep talent pool, a good offensive line, a defense that can get off the field, get, get the ball back to them. There's no excuse now for this team not excelling. But to say that when you consider 13 out of 16 teams in the AFC are potential playoff type teams. Yeah, that's a problem. That That's a problem. And there's only what, six, what, eight spots, six spots, six, mm-hmm. seven, seven yeah. spots. That's a huge problem, man. It's- yeah, like if they're in the NFC, I think it's a lock. They're in the I AFC. You're I right. I mean, you, if you think about it, you could make a, a strong case. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, make a case for Miami. Yes. Make a case for the Jets now with Rodgers. Really? Make a case for the Ravens if Lamar Jackson's healthy. Make yep. a case for the Steelers now with Pickett having a year under his belt. Make a case for Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Make a case for the Jaguars. Make a case for the Chargers. It, you know, and, and then throw the Broncos in there. They they're not all getting in. <laughs> you know, somebody's yeah. going to be on the yeah. outside looking in with that. Whole yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the only teams that you think are not playoff worthy are Houston, and Indianapolis. Um, 
And that, that's basically it. Yeah, it's a good point. If you were looking at the NFC and you said no way, right, you would yeah. say – you're right. You'd say Houston, Indy. I don't love Tennessee, but I can't say no way with Tennessee. Can't say no, no way to Tennessee. I can't say no way about the Raiders. No. Uh, I can't say no way about the Patriots. No. Wow. No. You're right. All right, go to the NFC. So yep. I would say uh, I'm not buying the Bucks. Nope. I'm not buying the Panthers yet, mm. although I think they're headed in the right direction, but I'm not buying yep. them yet. I'm not buying the Bears. Nope. Green Bay. Arizona. Green Bay. That's at least five. That's not including – did we say Tampa? We said Tampa, right? That's Tampa. Uh, I know. I mean, Washington could get in. I, I would put Washington in a category that it wouldn't shock me if they – they got in the so anyway, but I think there's just there's so much more talent in that in that conference in that AFC. Way I, more. I agree, but you're right. Denver's that one team that intrigues you because uh, of who's coaching the team now. Yeah, he's not he's not coming into a rebuilding uh, phase like Houston. He's coming in with a team that is loaded to win now. You know, all they needed was the right coach, and Nathaniel Hackett was not the right coach. So there's no excuse for, for Denver outside of uh, a plethora of injuries for not improving significantly. But can they improve enough in that division, in that conference, to slip in the back door to playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, that you're right. And that's, you know, it it is that is a nasty, nasty division that they're in. You're no. dealing with Denver. I mean, you're excuse me, you're dealing with Kansas City, yeah. the Chargers, and the Raiders, you know, with yeah, it's that's tough. That's tough. Let me look at their. All right, let's look at their schedule real quick. While while we're doing this, let's look at what who Denver has to face. So, all right, their schedule is such they will start off. I think first game's winnable. They play Vegas at home. Okay, that's yeah. winnable. Then they play Washington at home. They could get off to a good little start here. Yep. Week three, they go to Miami. That's that's a tough spot, you know, to go there, especially if two is two is right at that point. Uh, then they're then they're at the Bears. That's winnable. They they have a, a very good chance to get out to a three and one start. Yes. Then they're home against the Jets. You know, kind of a toss up, right? Kind of a toss up sort of yeah. game. Go to Kansas City on a Thursday night. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, they get Green Bay at home. That's winnable. Oh man! Then Kansas City again. They play them two out of three weeks. Wow! That, that's at home. Bye week at Buffalo, Minnesota home, Cleveland home, at Houston, at Chargers, at Detroit, New England, Chargers home, at Vegas. I mean, that's not a murderous schedule. It's not. It's not an easy schedule. That's not easy, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. Hey, you're right. That, That team could finish 10 and 7. And still finish third in their division, and may not get in with ten wins, and may not get in with ten wins. Yeah, in the playoffs, where I think if you're in the NFC and you have ten wins, you're getting in. I don't think that's necessarily the case in the AFC. Right, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're a division winner, like say Jacksonville could go ten and seven and win the South and right. get in. But I don't know that the wild card necessarily gets you in at that number. That's interesting. Um, it appears that his agent sort of intimated that the Jets, and this could be all just gamesmanship, that the Jets are the leaders in the clubhouse for Dalvin Cook. Ooh. I, think about Cook and Brees Hall Ooh. In, in your backfield. 
to go with Garrett Wilson and some of the other weapons that Aaron Rodgers is already going to have on offense, if that's the case, if it comes to fruition. Well, Cook said he wanted to play where DeAndre Hopkins plays. Does that mean they have an inside track in DeAndre? Although the Titans right now have offered the most money for DeAndre. Yeah. DeAndre take less to go to New England if Cook is going there. Dude, can you imagine if both went to the Jets? How do you how do you how do you critique that division? Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, Garrett Wilson. My goodness, how do do you – and a top five defense? How do you critique that division? Um, I still lean Buffalo. Miami's such a wild card because if two is hurt, you know, what what do they become? I don't know. Uh, Man. I know. Do you put the Jets ahead of Miami now? If if that were the case, if they were to land Cook, I, you would have to. I would think. Yeah. Even the the only thing is, Tua has played with his guys down there. Aaron Rodgers and his whole collection of of people have to get used to each other. And how quickly or how late does it come together? True. You know that's 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 huge. You you don't just put on a uniform and step on the field and expect the chemistry to be a hundred percent right off the bat. This is yeah. great. You've got to go through some growing pains. How much growing pains? That's a big question mark. Man, that division. Whew. And that's where that's where you look at it again. You say, man, it, it, can New England get out of that division? Well, I mean, you, you got the coach who, who can scare players into playing at a higher yes. level. But, you know, if I'm stacking up the, the – um, New England's quarterback situation to the other three teams in the division. I mean, they're last, last in the division. Jeez, man, My they God. are. As you, as we look at, it, we handicap it right now. They're last. They are last. Yes, I, I would go Buffalo toss up if they get Dalvin Cook, the Jets. But if, if the Jets don't get Cook, I would go Buffalo, Miami, New York, New England. That's how I would rank that that division if Ooh. everything stays status quo right now. Let's see. Um, I, I have to be inclined to agree with you, man. I, I yeah. really do. I, yeah. Wow. Dan, Dan asked a good question. We kicked this around a little bit last, uh, I think last week. But so, uh, oh, where'd it go? There it is. Sorry, I pulled up the wrong one. Uh, Belichick's 31 games away from Shula. Does he get there? There were some, it was a very interesting piece um, from PFT a couple weeks, maybe it's two weeks ago. Right, where they they sort of extrapolated some of the things that that Belichick said and Kraft said, where mm. Belichick was implying we're not spending enough, I'm not getting enough talent here, and Kraft was basically like, "Hey, records are great, but I want to win." Yep. So I'm not telling you Belichick's on a hot seat. I'm not going that far with this, but Dan, I don't know that it's a lock that he gets the Shula. I don't know that that's a lock. Let's see, 31 wins to get to Shula. So right now, Belichick is 71 years old. 71. Yep. Just turned 71 in April. Yep. I would say the very minimum, very minimum. Man, to get to 31, you have to average 11 wins over the next three seasons to get close to that number. Yep. I don't know if he has a team to do that, to be honest. I don't either. I I don't either. He doesn't have a core. He, he may look. Uh, uh, let's face it. A lot of his future 
I don't want to say his future rides on it, but a, a lot of what we're talking about here depends on how good Mac Jones is. Yes, yes. Mac Jones can't play, or Mac Jones is just ah. Eh. You know, if all of a sudden Bill O'Brien can unlock whatever, then he may not get it. If Mac Jones shows you like he's the guy they took, then yeah, they could he could get there for sure. Ooh, yeah. I, I, th- I think he'll get close. I don't think he'll get there. I don't know if I'll still see him coaching at seventy four three years from now. Man, he doesn't strike me as a guy who has a lot of hobbies. Does does he strike you as that guy? Like no. he's going to be a dude who's doing it till they're till they're taking the playbook away from him. You have to chart him off the field. Yeah, I I think he's wow. that dude. I think he's in that. You know, remember how Paterno was, and some of the I don't. I'm not talking about all the off the field stuff. I'm saying he was one of those guys who always told you I have no hobbies. Like, what am I going to do? Cut the lawn all day? Like, I I think Belichick's that way too. But. Hey, well, well, you know, we'll see. You know what? Uh, Pete Carroll, 71 already. I know. Um, I know. Yep. He's a very youthful 71. I'll give him that. That dude, that dude up is crazy up and down the sidelines. Oh, my goodness. So, so much energy for a guy uh, of that age. I don't know. But see, a Pete Carroll, I could see coaching until he's 74 if the organization will have him, if he's still having a measure of success. I wonder if Bill will get to a point where he's either frustrated or just – Tired of coaching, where he rides off into the sunset maybe. Maybe. and enjoy his 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 uh, legacy in the NFL. I frankly, I thought Seattle was going to bounce Carroll before last year, like I after the, after the twenty one season. I thought they were going to bounce him. And I agree. They didn't. And and they, they were proven right, you know for sure. He did a great job turning them around last year. Um, all right, beyond that, so you brought up the Andre Hopkins. Apparently, Tennessee's made the highest offer. The question is, is it? Is he and I don't blame him if he is, but is he just looking to grab the most money, or does he want to try and have the best opportunity to win? Because I don't think Tennessee is your best opportunity to win. No, I I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, their quarterback situation. I'm, I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill fan, no. and I think you have you have run Derrick Henry so much that I think the to- little nicks and, and, and aches and pains are starting to take their toll on him. It was a big back, like a, like an Earl Campbell type back. Um, but yet, he missed significant time this past season. I don't know if – wow. I can't put my money on Ryan Tannehill, dude. I just can't. I cannot invest my money in a Ryan Tannehill. No, I'm not. I, I'm not a big believer. I, well, they don't believe in him either. I mean, they, they went they, – look at two straight years. They took Malik Willis and they took Will Levis. Will Levis, yes. So they what's don't that believe telling him. Yeah. Think about that. What's that telling Tannehill two years it's, in a row? They you know, you, you, he's either got to go in, Derek, he's got to go into the mode of, you know what, I'm going to stick it to every one of you guys. You, you keep drafting quarterbacks, you know, or it's like I know the writing's on the wall and, and it's going to become a disaster. It's going to be one or the other. <laughs> I don't know which one. Wow. Yeah. You know, Tannehill, Tannehill says he's coming back with a vengeance, whatever that means. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so beyond that, into our greatest series here, Derek, and it is the San Diego slash L.A. Chargers. Um, this was a fun one. This this brought back a lot of good memories for me as a, a kid of the 80s, watching those fun the offenses and that kind of stuff, man. It was well, just well, me, well, me also because I covered that team for a couple of years. That's right, so exactly. During the, heyday, during the heyday of Air Coriel, I covered that team for a couple of they years. They were so. fun, man. Yeah. That, that must have been awesome covering that team. Um, all right, why don't you, you kick it off? Who, who do you have? Who, who do you want to start uh, I have to start with Dan Fouts. 
you know, um, what he meant to the game. He couldn't have picked a better time to join a team with a coach that was changing the mindset of how the aerial game should be approached. And he took off with it. You know, it's, it's interesting how for as prolific of a passer as he was, his career average is 58.8% passing. Oh my God. 58% completion percentage. You know, he has all these, all these accolades, all these numbers, and he never played in the Super Bowl game. It's crazy. I look at a kid like Patrick Mahomes who's been in three already, and he's 27. I know. I always felt bad for him. I, I yeah. did. I thought Fouts, like, it, it, he was a stud, and he, and he played there forever. I mean, 43,000 passing yards, 3,297 completions in his 15 years. Th- this dude, man, he could just flat out chuck it. He was unbelievable. He was a big quarterback, had that big beard. Um, like a mountain man. Like a mountain man, could throw it a country mile, throw accurate, accurate hard, a great leader of men. Um, I got a chance to cover him for a couple of seasons. Um, it, it's a shame for a guy with that kind of attribute to do what he did to not get to the mountaintop of his, his profession. But, um, you know, that era, man, with, with those guys, they had John Jefferson – you know, Wes Chandler, Charlie Joyner, uh, Kellen Winslow. Man, you talk about a great era. Just like you said, just a fun team to watch. Yes, absolutely. Just they were. They were just we'll, we'll probably touch on some guys who who Fouts was connecting with. But all right, I'll go junior sale. Yeah. Um, 12 Pro Bowls as a Charger. Um, 1,478 tackles, 47 sacks, 15 interceptions, 11 forced fumbles. You talk about a complete linebacker. You could blitz him. He could stuff a run. He he, he could be in coverage. Three down, never take him off the field. Heart and soul, leader, you know, Hall of Famer, obviously tragic the way his life ended. But in terms of what kind of football player he was, he was nothing short of spectacular. And Derek, Grew up in Oceanside. Yep. And, you know, right there and went to USC. Like the yep. ultimate Southern California mix of a, of a player in person. Never had never had to leave the state to play high school, college, and pros. Although he did play a few years in New England. Right. Um, but for the most part, his high school, college, and pro, pro career, right there within a two-hour radius of each other. Uh, they referred to him as the Tasmanian devil because of all his emotional antics on the sideline to get teammates jacked up. And of course, when he make a big play to get jacked up as well, but he was a complete linebacker in the game. It's a shame. It's a shame. We lost him at such an early age, age of 43 uh, and come to find out that he has CTE. Yeah. And the last few years of his life were really struggles and and it had all the signs of someone with CTE. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, But you're right. In terms of uh, anchoring the middle of a defense, that dude was, that dude was, that dude was a man. No question about that. Yeah. He was a beast. All right. Who else you got? Uh, I got to go back to the quarterbacks, Philip Rivers. Yes. Here's a guy who would throw it all day, every day, all these passing, you know, leading the league in passing touchdown and never got to play in a Super Bowl. Yep. Never. Bummer. You know, this dude's got like nine kids, you know, but you, you talk about a prolific fast uh, passer, quick trigger, accurate, had a weird throwing motion. Yeah, it, 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 it was like a push. It was like more like a push, like a quick push. 
but got, always got it to where it needed to go in certain whether it was uh, intermediate range or long or long range. Yep. Always got it to where it needed to go, but just couldn't get out of his own way as a Charger, as the San Diego slash LA Charger. It's a shame um, because there are a lot of great ones out there that never get to to, to be in that Super Bowl game. And, and Dan Fouts and, and, and Philip Rivers was one of them. Um, that man threw for over 63,000 yards and 421 touchdown passes. Yeah. He was, he was an unbelievable player. He, he really, I mean, what a career. He was tough too. Guy played on a torn ACL in a, in a, in a playoff game. He was yeah. tough, dude. Um, I'll go LaDainian Tomlinson. You know, oh, LT. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Nine seasons, over 12,000 yards, 138 rushing touchdowns, also a great pass catcher, 530 catches. He had eight consecutive seasons as a charger, over 1,000 yards. He, he was a... He was a workhorse, uh, a, a you know, a, a tough dude, just a, the epitome of, of the kind of guy you want in your organization. Well, not just his first eight seasons in the league were over a thousand yards, and the, the least amount of carries he had over the first eight seasons was three hundred and thirteen carries. That's a lot of carries for a running back, man. Mm-hmm. But there was nobody better in terms of being able to cut, move, run away from people. Sure-handed receiver as well. Um, and he felt that when he left the charge, he was the Chargers, I believe, eight or nine seasons of his career. He he felt there was a lot of unfinished business left on the football field as a Charger. And uh, when you look at the documentaries, NFL film, and stuff like that, you can tell it was uh, it, it bothered him that he never got to finish his career with the Chargers. Hmm. But man, what a phenomenal talent on the football field! Just awesome, just awesome. All right, uh, who else? Who else do you have? Oh. I have to go another guy covered as well for a while. Kellen Winslow, senior, not junior, senior. Big tight end, could run. And the thing about it, when he played in the Air Coriel offense, the thing was, Don Coriel did such a great job moving him around. So you couldn't just square up on him. He would be in a slot one minute. He'd be out wide the next minute. He kept moving him around, and what a prolific. I'll never forget that playoff game they played against Miami. Hot, humid. Uh, it went to overtime. Kellen Winslow blocks a field goal Insane. to send the game to, uh, into overtime. And throughout the game, he has to come out to be treated for dehydration, severe cramps. IV, yeah. IV. Um, and he had to get three stitches in his lower lip as well. And you always see that defining picture. After the game was all said and done, two teammates are helping him walk off the field because he's so physically exhausted. He had like 13 catches for 166 yards in that game. But, you know, he, he was such a great guy, a soft-spoken guy, but such a phenomenal talent as a football player. Um, he can go up and win you, win you 90% of the 50-50 balls because he was always so much big, bigger at 6'4 than people trying to cover him. Yep. So he, didn't put up, he didn't put up numbers like uh, Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates but he put up solid football numbers for his era. Yeah, no, he was um, he was nothing short of great. I'll tell you, the NFL Network would do themselves a favor by showing that game, that Dolphins oh, uh, man. Chargers game. Like, all, replay that thing, man. Yes. Oh, my God. Show all that the again. They, see on, they show on TV, and they yeah. do go back and show games from, like, the That's 90s. What I'm saying. Show like that one, man. That oh. – I would love. I would sit there probably and watch that whole game. I would. I watch it start to finish. I swear yeah. to God, I would. Yeah. I would watch the whole thing. Um, I'll give you Antonio Gates. Let's stay with the tight ends. Yes, sir. Uh, 
you know, 16 seasons with them, 11,000 yards, 955 receptions, converted basketball player at Kent State. Uh, I mean, this guy, athleticism and size, like you'll, you, you don't see. I mean, he was a beast and did it for us such a long time, too. That man was too big to be as agile and as quick as he was. You couldn't cover him. He didn't drop passes. Um, 11,000. The thing is, he was an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. He went. He goes down in history as probably oh. the greatest undrafted free agent ever found. Yeah, props to the Chargers. Here? You're right. Yep. You, you imagine how people are kicking themselves for, for bypassing him just because he had a basketball pedigree and not a football pedigree. So kudos to the Chargers for yeah. developing him into the football player that he was. Yeah. But they have 11,000 yards. And 116 receiving touchdowns. Man. And he was not like a, a built guy. He was a big man. Yeah. But man, he was such a precise route runner. Uh so good, well versed in getting uh separation between him and whoever's covering him. Man, what what a talent he was and, and to do it for as long as he did. Whew, tells you a lot about his work work ethic to get to where he he eventually got. No doubt. Yep, good point. Uh, you got any other? Got any other ones? I got a couple I can throw at you if you don't. I got uh, oh, you got to go, Charlie Joyner. Yeah, I loved him. Phenomenal. I love Charlie Joyner. You know, yep. funny thing is, the first seven years of his career, he played elsewhere. He played uh, in Cincinnati, played in Houston, but then he spent after seven years, he spent eleven years with the Chargers, mm-hmm. and finished with over twelve thousand receiving yards for his career. But mm-hmm. you talk about a guy who was nimble on his feet, quick twitch athletic could go up and make the difficult catches the twisting catches charlie joiner was a phenomenal receiver back in his day i love watching charlie joiner play uh, because of his ability uh to get separation to go up and take passes away sure-handed didn't drop many um just just a complete athlete of his era yeah no i agree with you he was awesome look i don't think he's a top 10 guy but but you know, like somebody like John Jefferson was so fun to watch. Yeah, man. You know, like it was only a short period of time, but I loved watching him. He was another one of those guys in the 80s that could just go up and get it and make plays all over the place. But Charlie Joyner's one of them. Wes Chandler, remember him? Oh, really yeah, good really? receiver. Yeah, I mean, he was fun too. You know, uh, Jefferson and Chandler were guys that I got to cover. Jefferson loved to wear those goggles. And I'm like, how do you see out of those goggles, especially on a humid day? Right. He, made, he made that his own signature, man, playing with those. I got a chance to cover Jefferson um, with two places, in San Diego and Green Bay. You know, okay. Covered him as a charger, and, and then I get, to, I get to Milwaukee. He gets traded to Green Bay, and I go up and he goes, what are you doing here? You know, it was a running joke with us for the time. But, I, but yes, him and Wes Chandler are both special talents in the football field. Yeah, that's it's they were awesome. I'll say Leslie O'Neill deserves some love. Uh, the guy yeah. was a phenomenal defensive end for them for a long time. If you want, you know, you go go to the other side of the ball, I'd throw him in there too. That he guy had was, 130, he had 132 and a half uh, quarterback sacks, 105 with the Chargers. Yeah, he, yeah. he was legit. I mean, he was a legit, he was kind of lost in an era of just great DNs, I think, too, yeah. which which hurt him a little bit nationally, but you he know, deserves some, some consideration there. You go back in time, Lance Allworth. Yes. Revolutionized the receiving game. Yep. You know, one year, one year, I believe it was 1966, he had 1,600 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. Big that time. was uncommon for a receiver back in that day. Yeah. He had Sid Gilman, like those those teams in the AFL, man. They get to, John Hadle was the quarterback, and they Hadle had. Yep. Yeah. 
They they were they were they were ahead of their time. A lot of that stuff was incorporated into the NFL that the AFL was doing. Absolutely. Yep. They had to change. You know, the AFL they thought was a league that wasn't going to survive. The AFL revolutionized football in a lot of ways. Yep. It forced the NFL says, well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, you know, type mentality. Sean Merriman was another great Charger player. Oh, yeah. You know, for just a phenomenal talent, nonstop motor, mm-hmm. rock solid player for him, highly respected. Yeah. Uh, I loved watching Sean Merriman. I see some good ones here in the, the Twiz says Natron Means. He was fun. He was a lot of fun to watch. Yes. I, I agree with that. Rodney uh, Harrison when he was with the Rodney Chargers. Harrison, yeah. If if he had been there a little longer, like he would have made the list for me. You know, it was a lot of a lot of New England years. And the thing that. is, he got cut by the Chargers. Yes. Chargers cut him and he he goes to have a meeting with Bill Belichick and he's thinking he's got to audition and all this stuff. And Belichick said, I already know what you can do. And his career really took off in New England. He was he a did. good player in San Diego. He did. But his career really took off when he, he, he got under Bill Belichick's defense. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, but there's a look, they're a team, again, we we talk about it a lot that, that hasn't hasn't won a Super Bowl, right? But they've had a lot of very entertaining players over the years. A lot of them. A lot of them. And they still do. I mean, look, Herbert's fun to watch. Yes. You know, it's it's time for them to to make take that next step, but he's a fun guy to watch. And they have, you know, uh Try Keenan Allen. Who else do they have? I'm trying to think of some of the other receivers. Uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. They have uh, some, you know, some fun players to watch. I don't think this. I don't think they're going to turn the corner this year. I don't think they're good enough to get past Kansas City. Obviously, right. I don't think they're good enough to get past Cincinnati. I don't think they're good enough uh, to get past Buffalo. There's too many stumbling blocks in their way. I don't. I don't know if they're good enough to get past Denver. We're going to find out. Not a fan of the coach either. I'm not not a fan of the coach. Brandon Staley? No, not a big fan of Brandon Staley. No, I don't think he has any feel, Derek, for when to go for it, when not. He's analytically driven, but but also he's not a gut guy. Like, I just – I'm not a fan. So I will Um, say this. Brandon Staley's a very good defensive coordinator. I don't know if he's head coach material. That's – exactly, which there are a lot of those guys that are great coaches, but not head coaches. All right, let's get a timeout in. Let's come back. We're going to hit a couple things. There's a – Nasty Northwestern story with hazing uh, involved and Pat Fitzgerald could be in trouble there as the head coach. The Bob Huggins story in West Virginia is just straight up bizarre. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, And I want to touch on the New York Times because they're disbanding their sports department. Um, So let's get into that also. We'll dig into all those kind of things. We have birthdays. We have movies. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right, let's talk about razor technology and change management specifically. With threat vectors evolving, it's never more important to monitor all the changes in your work environment and set up automated alerts for when something violates an existing policy. Get visibility into the pivotal changes happening to your systems and networks with IT support from razor technology. Change management is an end-to-end solution for tracking changes across all the systems and networks your business administers so that it has transparency into who is making those changes with enough time to respond and take corrective action if necessary. An unauthorized user, device, or application doesn't need very long to cause serious financial and reputational damage to an organization by altering, damaging, or stealing sensitive data. That's why Razor Technology uses real-time change detection to, collect, uh, to catch malicious actors in minutes, not weeks or days. Contact Razor Technology today to learn how their managed IT services can protect 
and enhance your business. Give them a call, 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Rob Ellis, Eric Gunn, Sports Day, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. Let's hit the like button, folks. If we could uh, smash the uh, the like and tell a friend. All right. Um, New York Times. You. Huh? Question for you. Yes, sir. Tone asked us a question we missed uh, during uh, last segment. He said, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? I said yes. I think he is a Hall of Famer. I think I, even though he didn't win it. Yeah. Um. His numbers are such, and, and some will say, oh, he was just an accumulator. I, I think he was a lot more than that. Uh, I think he played uh, at a really high level for a really long time. So, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I am. I'm going to say agree. yes. I agree. Um, 
All right. Uh, New York Times disbanded their their sports department, Derek. They will incorporate some um, some of the athletic into their sports coverage, but they will no longer be employing anybody in their sports department, which is that's, so that, that's on the heels of last week, the LA times getting rid of box scores. And I think game stories and all this other stuff, like what you're seeing is just more downsizing like uh, ESPN with all their cuts. It's, it's all over the place. It's print, it's digital. You na- Yep. This right here yep. is a big reason why um, people are losing sports jobs. I mean, you can get every box score you want right here. Why put it in a newspaper? Because it comes out the next day. When you get it, you can get it the same day. There's no need to see it. But because of what, um, um, because of what, so many people contribute in terms of in-depth stories for sports. I just can't believe you. We've seen this happen in TV, you know, across the board. Yep. And I don't understand how. Uh, decision makers and these these research companies decided you need more weather people at TV stations than you do sports, especially in major markets. If you look at a lot of major markets, these sports guys can't even get out and cover. You have to send interns out and producers out because you only have one full-time person and then you might have a full-time part-time. The rarity of having three-man departments doesn't hardly exist anymore in our industry when it was a given. When I broke into the business, everybody had a full-time, had a full staff of sports people. You know, three three people, reporter talents, and two producers. And now you're lucky if you have one producer, one full time, one part time, or summer relief guy. Yeah, it's really sad what it what it's become. And and these are people that have worked in prominent markets, and because other entities are squeezing their workforce as well. Yeah, your options to go where to go to to make the same type of money you made have been reduced. It, it, yeah, it, it is extremely difficult. I mean, cord cutting really, it, you know, it changed with, with streaming services and phones and all that changed the TV industry, the sport, TV sports industry and the TV industry, period. And the, the phones, digital access, access to, to this kind of stuff like it, the New York Times is looking at it like it's just not from a co- It's not cost effective for us to continue and keep this going. The L.A. Times looks at it and says anybody get a box score anywhere on their phone. Yes. Yeah, you know, and that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, the, the problem is if you're just it, – it, well, it applies to people just starting out in the business and people trying to survive in the business. What you have to do now is you got to do like 15 hustles to, to make the same money that you were making doing right. one thing back exactly. in the day. And if you're if you're a, a young person starting out out of college, it's like good luck getting your footprint. Like you can – there's a lot more ways that you can get your name out there you, with YouTube – you know, you could certainly start your own podcast. You can start your own YouTube show. You can do things and have a vehicle and a platform that you didn't have 15, 20, 30 years ago. That's great. The problem is monetizing those platforms. And yep. how do you get that monetized? There, Look, there are success stories. Pat McAfee, you know, the guy blew up. But the guy also was an NFL player who had a name. Well, see, when um, you're Pat McAfee and Jason Kelsey, those are already those are already names. Right. Correct. Chris, Lo- Chris Long. Yes. You know, uh, Brian Baldinger, um, you know. Um, Go Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was Joe a Rogan. well-known actor, comedian, yes. and well-known in the MMA world. Yep. They they had a name. They also probably had, I know yep. for a fact, that the Kelsey's and McAfee had some money behind them. That's different. It, but it's if you're just game. Joe Blow, it's it's yep. very hard to start the thing from scratch. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes you a few years to build up an audience. 
you know, in, in talking about monetizing it also. A lot of times when it comes to monetizing things, people, are, wh- who, who's behind this? Wh- who's the name? I don't know about that. You know, yeah. it's a hit or miss. It is. It is very, very difficult. So that's the latest now in the New York Times. And there will be, again, incorporating some of the athletic and, you know, but it's a shame because there's, again, a lot of people losing jobs uh, lately. All right. There's a there's a lot going on with the Northwestern football program and accusations of hazing, uh, you know, that have sorry, there's like a fly in here. I apologize Uh, that have. (laughs) Like I'm not waving it off. I'm trying to kill it. Kill it. I'll, I'll just make sure you didn't have like Tourette syndrome or something. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Well, um, I know. Uh, so apparently, you know, there there was, you know, some some uh, 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 over the top kind of stuff allegedly taking place with you know sexual connotation, uh, racial uh, I- implications. Yep from uh, a former player who was anonymous. Now it's gone further. Now there's an offensive lineman who played under uh, Fitzgerald in the, in the, you know, I I think in the 08 season, somewhere around there in that, in that range, who was Latino, who, who says he felt he didn't feel welcomed, uh, you know, and there were, there was again, same thing, sort of racial undertones being thrown around initially uh, they hand it down. I think it was a two-week suspension for Fitzgerald, like that's that was ha- happening right now, which didn't affect anything. It didn't affect their camp. It didn't affect the season. And they took away. They used to go away to camp to Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's where yeah. they had their football camp. Yep. They do not. They, they have they've done away with that. The university has. And the president came out and said, "You know what? Perhaps I need to look into this a little bit more. Perhaps I was too light." Yeah. So the more this goes on. You know, you wonder about Fitzgerald's future. The other thing is there was a a former player anonymous who said that the player who lodged the initial complaint had it out for Fitzgerald and told him, hey, I'm just looking to stick at the coach. So, again, you know, we're in another one of these situations, Derek, I think until more facts come out that you're not sure what to believe at this point. There's a lot of accusations being flung around. You know, generally when stuff starts getting hot like this, I don't know that the coach is long for that organ that 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 um, that school. And he's a hero there. The guy played there. He was a great player there, uh, and he's coached there a long time. But this this is serious stuff that we're hearing. Think about what happened to the Buffalo punter and what he had to go through. Yep. And what he lost before his name was cleared. Now, I don't know what is and what isn't with this Northwestern story, but this coach is now in a hot seat. It might be for the wrong reasons, just because a player didn't like him, because he didn't play him, whatever the case may be. Other players may defend him, but he's now caught in the middle of this. And when you're a prestigious university like Northwestern, what do you do? You will err on the side of caution, meaning we have relieved the coach of all his duties. Then it could come out a year later, this kid made it up just because he didn't like him. Well, you've already done, the damage is already done now. It's a slippery slope, man, but it is. I, I hope they iron this out sooner rather than later, especially this is a time of year when you should be getting ready um, for the season. And Northwestern may have to make a coaching change now. They will. Yeah, and if you have to do it this late, I mean, literally, you, when's camp start? Uh, next August, month, whatever, August. August, August for them. So you we're in, what are we, July 10th? You, yeah. You know, so, yeah, you're – weeks. That, that's that's going to be nasty. But here's the thing, too, real quick. Can we just do away with hazing? 
Can we just stop at this nonsense? Why, why, why is this still going on? We've seen people un, uh, unfortunately killed. Yeah. Hazing, hazing stuff. Yeah. It's absurd. Like enough already. We, we, you don't need it. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make you tougher as a person. It doesn't no. do any of that kind of no. stuff. It's just bullying nonsense. Just no. do away with it. Enough. We've seen, we've seen some very treacherous things happen with hazing in the military, high school level, college level. It, it should not exist any longer. Yeah. yeah. It should just not. Stop. Just stop. And it, it, this is not, I, I don't know what exactly went on at Northwestern. I'm just, as a general rule of thumb, get rid of it. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be there. Um, all right, let's. Uh, where are we here? Let's do some birthdays. You ready to do some birthdays? No, I don't want to do birthdays today. I'm not feeling it. Not feeling it. Okay. Well, tough. We're doing it now. Um, 1856, Nikola Tesla of the Tesla cars and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was was born. Sophia Varga- Vergara is 51 Who? today. Who? Who? You heard me. If you go, if you go to the uh, to the encyclopedia and you look up strong. There, there is a picture of Sofia Vergara. Okay. Can we, can we just have a moment of silence? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. I, I agree. Uh, think about a, this. She's an all timer. Think about this. She's 51. Yeah. And it is very strong. Very strong. Okay. I only uh, say that because my wife is not here right now. I hear you. Uh, but we're all in agreement. No, no one's arguing with that one. Antonio Brown, uh, 35. We'll keep it moving. Jessica Simpson, 43 years old today. Strong? Would you say yes. Huh? Yes. Why do you get why do you get so red when I just say the word strong? It's true. What she is. is. True. I think she's I don't think she's the brightest bulb, but she's strong. She don't need to be bright, bro. I agree with you. She I is, agree with you. She's a she's a rose scholar in other areas. So <laughs> she don't need to be bright, bro. You are correct. Bro. You are correct, sir. True <laughs> word. Um Urban Meyer, uh the, the creep is 59 today. Adrian Grenier, who was the lead in um, Entourage. Well, yeah, one of the great shows, Entourage on HBO. Phyllis Smith, she was in The Office. She played Phyllis in The Office. Yep. She's 72 today. Robert Pine, the actor, he, he is Chris Pine's dad. Uh, he, he, was yeah. the, he was the sergeant in Chips, if you remember back in the, uh, in the 80s, mm-hmm. the Eric Estrada mm-hmm. show. Jake LaMotta, the boxer, uh, was born on this day in 1922. The Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Uh, 2000, uh, 2009, she passed away, but, uh, Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who actually established the special Olympics. I mean, what an unbelievable yes. uh, legacy that she has for, for that. So that's, that's awesome. Good, for, good, you know, good for her. Uh, had a child with, with down syndrome, uh, Ron glass of Barney Miller, who I thought was a great, very funny guy. Yes. He, he was really good in it too. Uh, he passed away. Unfortunately, but was born on this day, 1945, uh, Ty, Thomas Ian Nichols of, uh, of, he was in a lot of different things. Uh, uh, the American Pie movie, American Pie uh, series, and then the, uh, the rookie, rookie of the year, rookie yeah. of the year. Yep, very good. David Brinkley, the newsman, was born on this day, nineteen twenty. Yep. Andre Dawson, the Hawk, nineteen sixty nine. Nasty Andre between his Expos days and his Cubs days. Yep. That dude was a beast. Um, what else do I have? That's all I have. Movies. What else? Or uh, birthdays. What else do you have? Uh, Trent Rick- Richardson, uh, former. He only played five seasons in the NFL. It was a first round pick out of yeah. Alabama. You yeah. know he's playing in a pro league in Mexico now. Yeah, he flamed out pretty quick. I'm, I I thought yeah. he was going to be a lot better than he was. Uh, he he's 30, 30 years old today. Right. Uh, Mavis Staples from the great the Staples Singers. Great singer. Great. Eighty four today. Mm. Virginia Wade, great tennis player. Seventy eight today. Yep. 
Cameron, Cameron Jordan, defensive end for the Saints, eight-time yes. Pro Bowler, is 35 today. Yep. You remember this wrestler, Bobo Brazil. Bobo Brazil, yes. Yeah. Was born on this day in, in 1924, died in 1998. Okay. Um, Earl Hammer Jr., uh, who played on the in the Waltons. Yep. Uh, was born on this day in 1923. Roger Craig, get this, the 49ers running back is 63 today. Jeez. Really? 63? Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, Sol- Solomon Northrup, who's a great writer, who wrote the book that turned out to be a great movie, 12 Years a Slave. Okay. I was born on this day in 1807. Fred Gwynn, who played Herman Munster. Yes. Born on this day in 1926. Did you say Utes? Yes. yes. Um, Fiona Shaw from the Harry Potter's movies and Super Mario Brothers' new movie is out 65. Okay. And Arthur Ashe. Oh, the great. Oh, I, yeah, I skipped. I'm sorry. I skipped. Uh, yeah, I had him at first. I, I yep. missed him. Yeah, the great Arthur uh, Ashe. One yep. on his day. Uh, there's another one. I can't even pronounce his name. It's Chiwetel. Yeah, Oja Oja 4. Yeah, I, I skipped the whole line of people yep. that I had. Yeah. Yep. He's in 12 Years a Slave and Amistad, 49 a day. Good actor. Yeah, he's a good yep. actor. All right, quickly, oh, movies. Real quick, oh. Wyatt Russell. 22 Jump Street in the movie This Is 40, which is a good movie, 37 a day. Okay. Uh, got 1985, Mad Max Thunderdome, which had Tina Turner in it. Yep. Uh, Escape New York, 1981. Lethal Weapon 4, 1998. Universal yep. Soldier, 1992. Minions, 2015. Fox and the Hound, 1981. Man, I left out Tommy Bowden, 69 a day. David and Joker, the, the tight end, 27. David Andrews, 31. Yeah, and I got the Ronnie James Dio, the rocker, uh, was born on this day, nineteen forty. Did you mention Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out in '85? Yep, with Tina Turner. Yep, Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. Yep, came out in nineteen eighty-one. You got that one? Got it. Man, you you're good. The old I'm, guard. Did you I'm see on it? it. I'm on it. I didn't have old guard. I had Universal Soldier and. You got to uh, see the old guard. Did you see the old guard? No, I have to check that out. You got to see that. Oh, that movie is. Oh, that's a good movie, dude. Yeah. About this group of people. I'm not going to tell you. You got to see right. this movie. Well, you got to roll. All right. So we'll be back tomorrow. No, no, let's keep talking. Let's keep going. You can keep going. You can sit in with Dan for three hours. All right. I so I got, I got house issues. To all take right. Care. All right. Want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, welcome back. I uh, want to thank all of you in the chat section, all of you listening, all you streaming. Don't go anywhere. National football show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Derek and I back tomorrow. Same time. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.